Hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. I am your co-host Neve, and I'm joined as always by your other co-host Connor. Hey. And we also have a special guest, Kim. Hi, hi, hi. 
Hello, traveler. Welcome to our country. <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're covering episodes one through seven of Kino's journey. So I don't know if we want to do any introductory comments, or we can just get into synopses. Um, in in this country, our tradition is talking about anime. Um, mm. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. I'll be. I'll be leaving without staying the night. <laughs> okay, well, if you'd be so kind to just, um, you know, help help us out. Just participate in this one tradition, and then we'll let you go. And we won't yeah, execute you. All right, all right, all right. Okay. My, my cool. hands on my Got fucking it. persuader. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah, that's that's just that's just how it works. Don't take it personal. Anyone mm, who yeah. comes in our country has to talk about anime with us, or else it'll all be right. all right, I'm- executed. We all ha- have our hands on our persuaders while we record anime. That's part of the tradition. So I see. I see. So I'm, I'm fitting in already. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, my my only comment is that Kino's kind of just like a funny little guy. Yeah, I love them. They're outstanding. Ermi's also pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh. I'll just say this right now because I don't know if it's really going to come up in the actual episode discussion stuff, but I love the bit where uh, Hermes will say some word wrong and then Kina thinks like and tries to figure out what did Hermes mm-hmm. mean and then it's corrects really it. It's really good. It's it's great every time, um, oh, like especially because the, the, they're the misinterpreted like moral like sayings. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, like yeah. Hermes will have just like picked up something from humans earlier in their travels and will say it wrong. And Kino's like, all right, let's untangle this. <laughs> or e- equally good, in my opinion, is when Hermes will say something and Kino will just choose to ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. just remain yeah, we, silent and keep driving. We, we get a good one at the end of the. Is it the end of episode seven? Yeah. Um, no, it's episode. <laughs> no. Yeah. Ah. Uh, now I now I've completely confused myself. It's the uh, majoritarian, like the land of the majority episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they have a great exchange, uh, where Hermes gets punked on. It's really, uh-huh. it's really funny. Um. So yeah, <laughs> speaking of the episodes, um, do you want to just go ahead and go for it? Yeah, I think so. We're we're gonna do it uh, episode by episode, except six and seven, which are just two parts of the same episode basically um because this is just such a like little episodic show that i think it'll just be easier to discuss that way yeah we're throwing back to the original ghost divers format um so um pump for that um yeah episode one uh the episodes have like multiple titles um there's like the title and then the subtitle um, yeah, the the title is usually um, in Japanese, and then the the subtitle is English. Um, so here, the title is "Land of Visible Pain," and the subtitle is "I See You." Um, so we begin kind of um, in the just like we're kind of thrown into things in Medias Race. Uh, we meet Kino and Hermes, uh, who. Um, the synopsis doesn't cover it here, but we, I will want to talk about it. Um, it opens with them in this like desert. Um, but uh, moving along 
Um, they ultimately find themselves in a country that seems to be inhabited only by servile machines. Um, and after exploring the country for one day, Kino notices that there are people living alone in cottages, um, kind of on the outskirts of the city, um, outside of the urban um, area. Uh, Kino is passing through and uh, befriends a lonely man there uh, who tells Kino that the entire human population of this country drank a special liquid, which enabled them to understand each other's thoughts uh, in order to create harmony across the country and, you know, remove the source of all of all human strife, which is obviously not being telepathic. Um, however, <laughs> uh, as no one could have predicted, um, being able to read each other's minds only brought disharmony to society um, through being aware of the unfiltered thoughts of every other person, um, even between uh, this man and his wife, um, who, who were told loved each other. Um, uh, they were nonetheless like torn apart by um, this, this newfound telepathy. Uh, and the only solution for the population uh, or that they could come up with was for everyone to just isolate themselves uh, and start social distancing. Um, so now everyone <laughs> lives uh, totally alone uh, in a cottage by themselves. Um, like uh, there's a certain distance. I think it's like 12 meters um, where you can't hear the, the telepathy uh, turns off. Um, so everyone lives exactly 12 meters or more from each other. Um, but of course, because Kino uh, has not drank this uh, liquid, um, the telepathy doesn't work. So um, it's, this is like a huge relief for the man um, who's incredibly lonely. Uh, and um, as Kino is leaving, the man asks Kino to stay, uh, but Kino declines and continues on their way, um, passing by the cottage of um, the man's wife, uh, who who lives nearby. Yeah, um, the this episode yeah. ends on a really good like, uh, Ermi's like being like, "Oh, Kino, I, I thought you guys were going to get married because you looked at each other for a second. Kino's like, "Shut up, what?" <laughs> Um, um yeah. yeah, that is a great moment for sure. <laughs> um so for me, um <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and I, I realized that I, I said Lane instead of Kino, which um, <laughs> that's great. That's a great start. Yeah, um, I think but Kino it is, and Lane would get along. For sure. For sure. Um But there are like some some similarities. Um which maybe we'll talk about. Um, but I always pay a lot of attention to uh, how the series starts. Um, and I thought it was interesting that the series opens with Kino and Hermes, um, like stranded in this desert um, in peril. Um, it, and, and it, it is also made like really clear that this is like, basically right after like Kino's journey like starts like it's like oh we could like turn back and like go back to where we started like pretty easily and like we would be safe and it would be fine Kino's like I don't want to yeah I think it's even framed as like prologue a or something yeah yeah Um, like this is like a very early moment and then like 
this is like only a couple of minutes and then after this it cuts and it's like oh we've been on the road for like a long while and like they're talking about other countries they've been to yeah yeah so um that's a very good point and um and it i think it stands out like even more with that in mind um as a kind of prologue uh, because really very little happens uh, plot wise um but we just get this predicament which um i think it's clear from the dialogue between kino and hermes that um even though kino is like you know we ultimately see that they're kind of in control of the situation um it is like a perilous dangerous situation um where they're like um confronted with this um like the hostility of nature. Yeah, like Kino's like very like clearly like desperate trying to like pry open like an, an old well that's dried up or something and like yeah. get water in like the middle of this desert and like fails and then just decides to lie down. Yeah, under like a stone slab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and then they're like saved by um the luck of like rain uh, yeah. happening. Um but I think it's uh, it was fascinating to me because uh, this is a point that um, I want to discuss like later on. Um, I can't remember what episode it really s- seemed like uh, most pertinent to. Um, but also like the title of the the series is um, you know Kino's journey, the beautiful world. Um, and to me, like the subtitle of the beautiful world, um, tells me like what's at stake, uh, in the series. And I think what's at stake is like, obviously the idea of beauty, um, but also like the idea of the world, um, and like the relationship, um, and then like spinning that out, like the relationship between, um, humans and the world or like, um, constructed as like um you know nature um and uh and like humanity or like human civilization uh yeah and this to me like comes through here where it's just like okay yeah like the first glimpse that we get of the world is that it's this like hostile dangerous Uh um conflictual place um but also one that like we get this uh, this like rain at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like this, uh, these like two different possibilities are given to us, um, immediately, uh, yeah. which I think continues to be like built on. Um, yeah. That is like in these one episodes. Of, like, the driving themes of like the episodes and the show overall, it feels like. Yeah. And I, I believe this episode's where we also get the, the, um, like, interstitial titles where uh, i think it the first time it shows up it's like the world is not beautiful and then at the end it's uh the world is not beautiful and so it is or something yeah um, i forget the exact wording on it but um it's like the world is not beautiful but in that yeah, I know there's that, like that a kind of beauty as well. or something um the other thing that um stood out to me is um what you brought up kim which is the reference, the early dialogue about like, well, we can go back to master's place, um, which there's something a little bit mysterious about 
the way it starts, like in Medias Race, because um, of course we don't know who Kino is or who Hermes is. Um, we don't have context for that. Um, but then this particularly stands out, like the this mention of the master. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get like this mystery uh, right off the bat. And um, I still don't know what happens with this <laughs> because <laughs> uh, we've only, only watched seven episodes. I, I don't have any idea if it's going to get covered in the show at all. I, I, I it, sh- it comes like it's more present in like later light novels, but I don't, I don't know how far the like show actually goes into like that other than just Kino was trained and like taught somewhere for a time. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll be very uh, intrigued to see where it goes. Um, but um, the way that what this conveyed to me um, and this is like looking back when I um, after watching seven episodes and, and kind of having it, getting an idea of the themes that I think are at work. Um, having this, uh, the idea of like a master evoked here um, introduces immediately this idea of like hierarchy um, and like power and control, um, which later is like borne out in all of the, um, the various vignettes we get of different like societies um, where the series starts to seemingly become interested in like political philosophy and oppression um, and like uh, state violence um, and power dynamics. Um, But here we already get like, even in the absence of, uh, you know, Kino is like completely isolated. Um, There's no other, humans around or there's no other humans they're interacting with. Um, but even in this isolation, there's still like the presence of, um, Oh, there's this like remnant of hierarchy, um, or this idea of like the master that's looming over. Um, so we'll see, I guess where that goes. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, I, I like the other big thing I think that happens in this episode. I mean, we can talk about like the actual story, but um, this is sort of the be- the beginning of like the the main format, which is that you kind of get um, all of them feel like slightly in an allegorical or like fairy tale mode of storytelling, where especially allegory, where like each land has its own little thing but that is like a commentary on something about human nature or um like a a specific aspect of how humans orient themselves in relation to other things um this one being this idea of like the thought that if you could just know the pain of other people then that would like solve all the world's problems but then it's actually like quite difficult to be aware of everyone's pain all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it becoming like, uh, literalized and like extended out into, uh, uh, allegorical story about this. Um, and 
we're going to continue to sort of get these little, like, this is a, about sort of a specific concept and we're going to represent it through um, talking about, like, what happened with this country or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and Oh, go ahead, Ken. Uh, I, I, I wanted to say that, like, this episode's, like, like, overall premise and, like, the way that Kino just, like, sort of, like, wanders through sort of, like, sets a precedent for, like, Kino will not become involved or try to, like, help or fix things for people. Like, Kino cares and, like, is touched and, like, is sad and, like, finds happiness in, like, the things they see, but will not, like, actively try and, like, adjust the status quo these, like, different countries have, like, found. Like, they're, the the it ends with, like, finding that, like, the man that split from his wife is raising flowers that, like, his wife liked, and his wife is listening to the music the man liked. And, like, that is, like, a sign of, like, oh, there is a sad, like, tragic connection that they won't ever explore because they're, like, afraid of each other's thoughts and whatever. And Kino just keeps on driving without, like, doing anything about it. And, like, he, that is, yeah. like, a precedent that is followed whenever, like, Kino is not, like, actively forced to be involved with other people. Yeah, Kino doesn't go knock on the woman's door and be like, hey, uh, I saw you had a bunch of flowers out front and you're listening to some music. I just talked to a very sad man about how uh, he got this, like, brain thing and, uh, you know, the technology you all have where you can't, you can't, like, you hear each other's thoughts all the time and so you can't be near each other. And how, uh, you know... He still loves you. You weren't interested in his music and he wasn't interested in your flowers. Uh, He is growing flowers. You're listening to his music. Like, maybe you should just try and work it out. No, just notes it, keeps driving. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like a, like, Kino's a very, like, reticent sort of person. Like, they are very willing to be passive and just, like, take this in as, like, these people are just another part of, like, this beautiful world, this like landscape that they are observing as a traveler, and they are just going to keep moving on through it. Yeah. Um, I, I also think this is, I forget if this is the one um, where if not, it, it happens pretty soon at like an episode two or something, but where, where Kino also puts out their like, I only stay three days and this is why I'm like afraid if I stay more then mm-hmm. I will start to like grow a custom in like a place and then settle want down. to settle yes. down. Yeah. This um, is, this is the episode when, uh, they stay at a very nice, uh, hotel for very cheap. And yes, Hermes brings up that Kino's only wanted to stay at one place for longer than three days. And Kino's like, but I still left. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's, I think, uh, the way that like this city, like, the city that Kino drives through that's totally empty is full of these, like, very, like... Like, it is completely, like, self-functional. Like, the machines are doing everything for these people. They are, like, keeping life going and just, like, creating food and, like, serving and, like... They still, like, take money, but it's all... Like, Kino's like, this is all, like, incredibly cheap. Like, it it is insane to Kino that, (laughs) like, they are getting this service for, like, basically free. And... Then, like, it goes to, like, the people in the cottages, and, like, there's none of that machinery, like, for themselves, it seems like. It is all, like, like, the dude's, like, getting annoyed because his hose isn't working when he's trying to, like, water the flowers. Like, it is, yeah. Le- it seems like they've, like, as, like, 
penance or something, like just like stepped back from like this very like self-functioning city that would take care of them in the same way. Yeah. Or that they somehow um, like can't cope or can't live under like the conditions that they've constructed for themselves. Yeah. It's it's like too yeah. much of a reminder of like, oh, this like brought about the the drink that brought that like and like that is a reminder of like the technologies like what led to them trying to pursue each other's thoughts and that's like too much of a reminder of like all the ways they hurt each other and such yeah yeah and we all uh, and we also get this again um mm-hmm. yeah later on and it's, um, and it's taken this- in like a completely different direction yeah 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 but this instance of like oh humans like we this like uh, kind of like sci-fi uh-huh. vision of like, oh yeah, what happens once like humans reach a, a point where we can just have like robots do per, like uh, create everything and do all our basic needs for us. That, that's um, also uh, something really interesting that keeps coming up. Like every single country just has like seemingly no crossover in terms of like technology like yeah. no matter how like uh interested one could be in like cr- making life easy in this way uh Kino will like just go to the next ha- the next uh country over and they are just like living in a completely different like style and way and there's no like influence on each other it seems like travelers will pass through but there is like very little like they're all very firm in their individual like cultures and existences yeah yeah um there, there's like one yeah. exception and it's it's rough <laughs> <laughs> yeah um to me i think this um this motif of like the um in my like when i was taking notes about it the the second time this comes up i was like oh this is late late stage capitalism where it's just yeah. like um Oh yeah, we've got like everything is automated. No one has to work. Like what happens now? Um, and then it's like, no, it's still capitalism. We just like figure <laughs> yeah. out. It. <laughs> we just like can't get. We just can't get out of this. Yeah, um, it's like Kino doesn't need to pay, but they do. They do still have to pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it it, it is I funny think, how often whenever there's one of these scenarios like that happens in this, and it'll recur in some of the other ones too. Uh, where he was like, "It's cheap. All right, give me more bullets or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's no, free. Kino, it's free. No, it, Ermy's yeah. like Ermy's really loves just calling Kino like ah fucking cheapskate. Like when like when they get brought to the really nice uh, like hotel room, Kino's like, "Okay, if you try and charge me more, I won't be able to pay." And 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 Ermy's like, "Fucking cheapskate. What the <laughs> hell?" Um, yeah, this and. As like amusing as all of this is, mm-hmm. I also um, I also find it interesting um, because to me, this series, um, like I mentioned earlier, I think this series is is really engaged with um, like ideas of political philosophy mm-hmm. um, and the way that like we get these. Uh, I mean, the structure of the series itself is. Kino moving through these different societies um, and then observing how the societies are um, constructed 
um, in terms of their like governance and in terms of how um, people live on like a day-to-day basis under that regime. Um, and there is a very like classic political philosophy vibe to this where it's just like, especially as it goes on where it's just like, Oh yeah. Like here's this thought experiment about like, what's a possible way that we could organize society. Um, like, uh-huh. or like, here's, let's do a thought experiment about like, Oh, what would be a just society? Let's like play this out. Um, and then you just like get that, um, played out, um, in ways yeah, that like- are critical. Uh, so like, are you going to bring up the, the democracy one? The majority rule. Um, yeah, I mean, we can get to that uh, yeah, one. Which episode's that? Like four or something? Or, I think yeah, it's three. Um, yeah, it's so hard to keep track. <laughs> also. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, um, I think it, I think it's three cause we'll, we'll get to it. I think it's, uh, in, in the midst of the land of prophecy stuff. Uh, oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. five. It's five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry, I found it. Um, but uh, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, all of that to say, like, um, I think that's kind of happening from the start, um, and um, Kino's relation to other people and to like, um, like their posture as they move through, um, these like various societies. I think it is actually um, Kim. You were bringing this up where it's mm-hmm. like. The traveler's ethic um, of like, oh, we're, I'm not going to get involved. Um, I think this becomes like <clears throat> charged with tension or like a site of tension for Kino um, because going along with these like questions of political philosophy is this more like fundamental question of um, humans like in community with one another Um and like existing uh mm-hmm. with one another in like various arrangements or like how can this be um how can humans live together in a way that's like ethical or just yeah um mm-hmm. and kino as a stateless person because they're a traveler a thing that keeps coming back again and again is like yeah. oh become a citizen the idea of the citizen um and kino rejecting that um, mm-hmm. and Kino being a traveler. So like, therefore being this like stateless, um, entity and not having the connections, um, mm-hmm. of like a citizen to other citizens. Um, and I think that is like a, t- a tense situation in the show. Um, because at times it seems like it functions as a, um, it's this outside perspective where it's like, oh yeah, we can critique the like through Kino's eyes, like the societies that were that they're passing through, um, because they're not like part of it. So it's you know, this third perspective. Um, but then also like there is this tension or the question of like Kino's isolation and like oh what is their situation? Mm-hmm. Um, like Kino's isolation is like interrogated as well. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something that like ties into that a lot is that like Kino won't use this as like Kino will get like 
attached and grow fond of and like have feelings about like the people they meet and there is still this like sense of distance like Kino Kino cares about like this lonely man that like they uh they spend like a lot of time with and like does like gives like you know a, a reassuring little smile before before they head off but like there is still that sense of distance like when 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 he asks them to stay with to stay with them there's just like you know kind of like a sad little smile like sorry like i i i i i care about you because i've interacted with you and sat with you and heard your story and empathized with it but i i can't stick around yeah yeah, Kino has uh, their version of the Prime Directive, uh, but breaks it far <laughs> less often oh, than Kino. Star Trek people do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we can maybe get to to episode two because mm-hmm. that is an episode like very early on. Yeah, no, they, this they, com- this comes up. The, that's a very yeah. big focus of episode two. <laughs> yeah, they test the like Kino not interfering with anything uh, mm-hmm. like immediately at episode two. Um, so. Yeah, if you want to do the synopsis for this one, Kim. Okay. Uh, episode two is called A Tale of Feeding Off Others. I Want to Live. And uh, I can't remember exactly how it starts. But uh, no, it, it Kino is killing a rabbit for food and is a really good shot. Yeah. It's just like yeah. outstanding at killing things. With a most suspiciously good shot. Yeah. Yeah. And just like right between the eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think we mentioned this. In the first episode, there's like a very extensive scene of Kino like cleaning their guns and putting a lot yeah. of care into like drawing as quickly as possible, like repeatedly with their two guns. And it is given like so much focus. This is something that it, like in the anime. The gun yeah, yeah, yeah. At in the anime, in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Sorry. In, in the anime, this is like. This happens like once more in the in the light novels. This is like a constant thing. Like <laughs> Kino is all like every time there is a moment of peace, like Kino will do this. Like it is a repetitive mm. scene that Kino just like falls back on for like comfort and like a sort of uh, like just like something familiar that they can do to unwind and calm down and like refocus themselves. Like it, like it shows up. Like, I think it just shows up in these like other stories, and it is mostly skipped over in the actual show. I'm I'm glad that um, that was something that uh, the the repetition. I think you're right that it only comes up twice in these episodes. Um, yeah. But the fact that it's repeated really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the way like where it's situated in episode one. Yeah. Um. It's like very clear. It's very obviously significant uh, sequence. Um, yeah, and I feel like we get more of why <laughs> uh, yeah. here and then later. Um, yeah, but anyway. But yeah, yeah I uh, think it okay. also kind of stands out in episode one because uh, it's specifically like there's nobody around, and still Kino's like, "I'm gonna practice drawing my gun fast." <laughs> um, 
it's just like a very different vibe than if like there were it was in an episode where there are threatening people around it's like no mm-hmm. it's literally just these chill ass robots and i'm still gonna practice drawing my mm-hmm. gun quickly and um, i i think the light novels make a very big point of like keynote does this every morning even if it's not yeah. depicted or if it cuts it out, like in a way like keynote this is like something drilled into Kino that they spend a lot of time on like bef- the moment they get up mm-hmm. uh but anyway episode two uh, Kino kills a rabbit, and Ermi's like asks them, "Oh, uh, like it, it, they have like some sort of conversation about like what like the life of this like rabbit is worth against Kino's, and like Kino it talks about like respecting the kill and like making use of it and leaving what they can't what they can't eat as like food for scavengers or animals coming out of hibernation because now it's winter. Like time is time is pretty clearly past." This is not yeah. an immediate follow-up. It, it, it happened again. Like these, these like vignettes will continue, just like skipping through time without any clear connection. But uh, towards the end, like winter is ending, and Kino comes across uh, traders who have a buried truck in the snow that are like starving to death, uh, and Kino, like very hesitantly, very like carefully offers to like hunt for them and provide for them until they have enough strength to dig out their truck and get back to safety, get back to their country. Uh, and like keeps camping with them, uh, growing, growing closer to them while, uh, every time they go hunting alone, they keep just having very complicated feelings about the fact that these are rabbits that if I had just continued traveling, I would not have had to kill and I'm prioritizing the life of these people over these other lives. And it, it, it's just because they're human and I'm human and we have that in common, even if I'm a traveler and they belong to a country they are going back to. Uh, and right, like as like they, f- they get stronger over time, they, they get fond of Kino. They're like, joking like they're all camping together in the tent one of them gives kino a ring that's like very precious very expensive that kino could sell for a lot uh and then uh they manage to free the truck and the moment the the truck is free they're able to leave all of them draw guns on kino and reveal that they aren't just traitors they are human traffickers that uh have been that had like a bunch of other people with them when they got trapped that they let die and i don't remember if it like hints of like they ate them or something but yeah it does oh yeah more, yeah. yeah definitely yeah. more than hints yeah. no yeah okay <laughs> they they ate these other people to survive and were still about to starve to death and kino removes an absurd amount of weapons and knives and gu- and their guns from their their body to the point that all of the all of the traders are just the human traffickers are just like very shocked that this this kid had so much shit on them until they just have this one weird like sort of like pen light looking thing that they and they use a distraction of like a branch breaking or something to that distracts them to shoot and kill all three of the uh the human traffickers or I think yes, one of them uh, gets stabbed, but yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. They, they, they use the gun, like, take out two of them, and then just gets up close, knifes one of them, and just, like, 
takes these out. Uh, Kino sees the bodies that were that were left over after they'd eaten and uh, returns the ring that they were given before just going onward. And Hermes asks Kino a question that I don't remember. I don't remember Kino's answer, but uh, it was, I think it was it's, about, would you, would you do the same again? If you yeah. Yeah. Him? Yeah. Hermes asks like if Kino would like stop and try and help people in trouble again. Yeah. And I, th- I think they just don't answer. Mm-hmm. It just, it just go. Yeah. It it just ends on that. That's that's one of like the yeah. silent ones. Um, yeah, and this is definitely a uh, like Kant is here to talk to us about <laughs> ethics and like do you, why there there is no altruistic deed. You if you are helping other people, like is it because you feel a kinship because you're both humans or because you're both part of human society? Um, a rabbit would never come across you and and like help you out, but another human being might. And so since you're a part of a society where human beings can help each other out, you are going to help each other out with the hope that someone will eventually help you out. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, just like a, a yeah. bunch of the these like ethical conversations that then uh culminates in like horror and a sick uh Kino taking down three dudes scene. <laughs> yeah. They they um, are extremely deadly in this after being yes. so chill and passive in the first episode. It's it's really good. It's it's a very stark, very quick violence without like a lot of like frills but they are very talented at ending people's lives yeah i mean even the start of this episode where you just saw the previous episode that's mm-hmm. uh very calm and like um definitely probably leaning into the expectation that you maybe had connor of like oh this is a, a sweet show like there's some stuff where they're talking about like oh the feeling the pain of others and stuff but um and then it just immediately you see a bunny and then you see the bunny get shot and killed like mm-hmm. right at the beginning of this episode and you're like, yeah, oh like, damn, okay. like, <laughs> like single hit to the head, like out of its mission yeah, instantly. Yeah. <laughs> and then that keeps um, happening. Kino keeps killing rabbits with a single shot. Yeah. And it keeps showing you yeah. over yeah. and over again. It's not just like, uh, Oh, it cuts to it, them cooking. It, it, no, Kino yeah. goes out hunting is alone and kills things. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting that the, um, there are several things that are like included in another that which in another show might be omitted, but here they're included. Um, and that seems significant, which is like mm. the repetition of the shooting. Um, and then the skinning of the rabbit is shown later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which was surprising to me because that's not, again, it's not something that you typically see, um, like depicted, um, mm-hmm. in, in like any media really. Um, yeah. but especially not, um, what I would expect here. Yeah. Um, many shows would show you the rabbit would maybe show you the, the red sight, uh, cut away and maybe show the like, something falling when you hear the gunshot and then show this to you. Like yeah. they would omit so much of the, the process in between. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and this, this shows you it. Um, one thing that, uh, I, I agree that this episode um, is really outstanding. Um, there's a, 
a structure and like a movement in this episode that I find really fascinating. Um, where we start with this, um, kind of repetition where, um, we have like this, another, uh, like barren hostile landscape. Cause it just starts with Kino and Hermes like in this, in this blizzard. Um, and you know, the blizzard is basically, uh, so episode one, we get the sandstorm episode two, they're in a blizzard. Um, and it's this bleak, like again, barren hostile landscape. Um, so we start with like the human, like versus nature and this like, um, seemingly like conflictual framing of like, Oh, it's the human in isolation. Um, without like other humans to help. And this is like, Oh, this is a dangerous situation. Um, and you know, somehow like the human alone with nature is not, um, a harmonious thing. It's a, it's a hostile, dangerous thing. Um, and then we get, uh, the reveal of like, Oh, Kino is helping these, um, these traders. Um, so we get like human collaboration, um, and this idea, which really like dominates most of the episode, um, of like, oh yeah, this altruism, um, of Kino like saving the lives of these other humans, and then them bonding, um, the hospitality of like, oh, come back to our country. We get this like vision of the festival of the traders' country, um, where they're like, you know we see like their community um, and this very like positive um, communitarian like vision <laughs> of human interaction. Um, and, and in the meantime, we're getting this like ethical meditation where Kino is talking about like, like specifically invoking and talking about like the ethics of um, like, human relation and then exchange, um, and violence. Um, yeah. The, and like, then necessity we get, of killing or taking some sort of life in order to like eat and con- continue to be alive. Um, yeah. And like, also, what like, is the fair and just, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. and then we get this third movement, which is this like, uh, total reversal, um, where, uh, everything is um, this entire dynamic is flipped um, and the altruism is like betrayed. Um, So we get uh, this move where like, Oh, all of a sudden, like all of the stuff that's set up all this, like positive communitarian like vision that we are getting is like completely undermined. Um, And we get this other vision of like um, human trafficking um, and then, mm-hmm. um, like the betrayal of Kino saving their life. Um, and then the like invocation of, um, the slave traders call themselves wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, uh, obviously this, this violence, um, which ends with Kino, like killing all of the slave traders, um, having to defend yeah. themselves and then being isolated again. I, uh, I think, uh, something that is like, makes this like an even sharper turn than like this this is a very this is an early story in the light novel also but um 
this like the 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 human traffickers are like at the beginning and like through like the middle of the episode extremely kind to kino like yeah one of them one of them like gives kino like a ring they were going to give to their wife when they got home or whatever or they were going to and they talk about like oh kino our country is really lovely and we give you such a warm welcome yeah come 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 check it out and it is it is like kino is getting along with these guys like kino feels a little weird about like letting them rely on them for this extended period of time but overall is like pretty it is pretty clearly that kino pretty clear that like kino is just a bit charmed and like enjoying this attention this kindness that they are getting for helping other people and then they uh they're they're betrayed like the they they all uh, they get guns pulled on them and they just take it like it is it it is taken very cleanly emotionlessly there's no real protest it is just in stride our, it is yeah. this this is this is an expect this is one of the ex- like expected outcomes like this is a way it always could have gone for kino and kino gets that and was prepared for it yeah yeah and it it, it is like incredibly stark mm-hmm. um and i i appreciate this like there's kind of this tripartite like structure of this episode um, where it's setting up um, like a, a logical movement or like uh, a progression of thought um, that is that is philosophical um, where it's like, you know, again, like humans in isolation um, in this like, you know, state of nature by themselves. Um, somehow this is like dangerous or unsustainable. Um, and then we get humans in cooperation and like that's f- floated as like, oh yeah, this is how you overcome like the dangers of just being isolated. This mm, like unsustainable yeah. state of, um, not being in, in community with others, uh, is like, you know, just banding together with as, uh, as like a group and as a society. Um, and then it complicates that mm. and um, to a severe degree um, and then leaves yeah. us with like that really complicated, ambivalent and, um, uh, place. It also puts like it also positions like Kino and these men in like a very like not not a total like one to one, but in a similar scenario of like putting their lives above others like these these people are citizens like they have a home to go back to that they're unable to access but in like the process of both being human traffickers and in killing and eating the people they were trafficking they are like they pro- they put themselves over other lives in like a very similar way to what Kino did and yeah. like Kino was just doing rabbits but like they were doing other people and that they would have just left and continued being citizens of whatever country they're from and continue doing their job without the slightest interruption had they not directly interfered with Kino. Yeah. There there's also like a the like possibility like I don't remember if this is like Ermi's like says this directly or something, but it is like if Kino had found out about like them being human traffickers or like uh like eating those people 
like it is left vague as to whether like Kino would have just like let them go and just like if they had not directly attacked or stood against Kino like what the outcome of that scenario would be but like you have a sense that Kino knows what they would do but it is not made clear to the audience yeah yeah um I think that's a really good point that the episode also like interrogates Kino um as because you get like already it is already like drawing like Kino has to make these like absurd lines for themselves on the ways they are allowed and able and like willing to interact with other people and sometimes it fucks up sometimes the system (laughs) they've created for themselves to exist as a person alone with with Hermes it it's not perfect it doesn't interact with everyone in a successful way and they are very willing to stick to it despite it all it's it, it's yeah. brought up yeah, like and- i don't know if it's the quotes from this episode but one of the episodes draws like points out that like uh kino is like existing in a way that like draws them to like connect with people without like getting too close and like there's not there's no real answer as to whether that is good or not. It is just the way that Kino is living, the way that it, it is hard to say whether like some of these like countries that they run into are good or not. They're just people living like the way they know how to live. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like the other um, question that's floating in there is like, what is the foundation of Kino's ethical system? Mm-hmm. Um, because we get a lot in this episode of Kino's, like, this dialogue where Kino and Hermes are talking about um, ethics. And Kino seems to have a very, like, strong framework, like you're, like you're saying. Um, but then it's like, well, what is the foundation of, the, of this? Um, and I think that's questioned, like, severely uh, um, with the predicament of um or or by the parallel between kino and the slave traders and you have this like horrific shocking um act uh of violence where the slave traders have like killed uh this woman and eaten her um that's clearly paralleled to like kino killing the rabbit um to like sustain themselves um and then, like, you know, Kino spends the entire episode justifying this. Um, but then, like, at the end, we get this reveal of, like, oh, okay, here's this parallel instance where, like, that's justified in the same way. Um, but it's, like, so horrible. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and it's, and I, I, I think that, like, we get this really ambivalent um, ending here where Kino is, like, uh, Kino's own situation, like you've pointed out, is like um, really uh, critically um, like evaluated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do we want to move on to the next episode? Yeah. All right. Uh, episode three, Land of Prophecies. We know the future. No spelled N O. Um, which I, I fully believe from the 
director who did Lane <laughs> was Ego. one of the titles in Lane. <laughs> yeah, Ego. Um, <laughs> Infornography. Um, anyway, uh, Kino and Hermes arrive in a country where everyone believes that the world will end the next day, according to their book of prophecies. Uh, as it was interpreted by the the southern priest or like the priest of the southern tower or something. I yeah, that's exact. what it is. Yeah. Uh, the, I pulled all the synopses as usual from uh, Wikipedia and then had to severely edit them because they uh, used, they, they gendered Kino in a way that I was not comfortable with anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but then the world doesn't end. Uh, we get the great scene of, of Kino being people being like the world's ending. Just take as many bolts as you want. Um, and Kino being like, I think I will, even though I don't believe that the world's ending. Um, and then, then <laughs> and then the next day they're like, uh, so about those free bullets we gave you, the world didn't end. Yeah. Um, Kino would do great in America. Yes. The world's <laughs> ending. I'm going to load up on bullets. <laughs> um, but then the, the priest of the Northern tower is like, oh, the, the priest of the Southern tower was such a, was, was so stupid and misread it, but I've interpreted it correctly. Um, no like evidence for how i've interpreted it correctly but i have correctly interpreted the book of prophecy uh, and actually the end of the world is going to be in 30 years um, and definitely not tomorrow the day after yeah. the first guy said when we're going to get blown up yeah <laughs> uh, so then um this one is like the most like just vignettes of multiple little stories uh, so Kino leaves and goes to a country where, uh, travelers rarely visit and they're like, Oh, traveler, come join. We're doing this like cat festival, uh, that celebrates these cat band bandits or whatever. We all have cat ears on and we do a cat dance. Uh, come join us and wear the cat ears and do a cat dance. And Kino's like, mm, no, this seems stupid. <laughs> uh, and then they're like, Oh, but don't you want to stay and enjoy our wonderful, uh festival uh kino's like no i'm gonna move on um honestly then, this is the best society that in yes. all of kino's yeah, journey so far no, yeah. Yeah. kino <laughs> I, kino unfortunately not a cat person it seems kino's a dog person and a motorad <laughs> yeah, uh, person yeah. <laughs> motorad person i would i would love to live in the country where uh you know i would just hang out for a <laughs> really? while and we would do the cat festival and then mm-hmm. after a while then I would learn that we just make up different festivals for travelers, and then I would uh, be happy to take part in that as well. But you would do the yeah, fox Kino. ear festival. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say yeah, if it was fox know, ears, this is your. You'd country. be like, yeah, can you, yeah, can we put foxes back in the rotation already? And it's like, oh, we did foxes like last month, and it's like, no, I know, but I I, think the- I, I I figured out how to do it really good this time. Yeah. If we can't do the Fox Festival again, can we do the Nana Festival where we all just talk about Nana? <laughs> Kino um, just doesn't even stop driving; just like keeps keeps yeah. barreling through. <laughs> anyway, Kino, Kino uh, would have that's no when... time for an extended manga that's so built on just like tension. Kino's like, no, nope, yeah. not my thing. That's when the other country is like, okay, we have to destroy them. Kino feels Kino feels like the type of person that would just like watch like 10 minutes of a movie and then just like stop watching and just pull up the Wikipedia summary and be like, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, Kino leaves, comes across a guy just outside the like city walls or whatever. 
Um, turns out he's descended from the king who is, who was banished. And, uh, when they banished the king, they did away with all the traditions and they're trying to find another tradition that will attract travelers. And so they make up traditions. Um, and then they, they, you know, have a, a wry little smile about the fact that the, they've developed their tradition. They don't realize it yet, but their tradition is to make up traditions. Oh, wait, um, uh, so- something I totally forgot to mention. This is like... I think it is the farthest story from the light novels that the anime pulls from. Like this is from like volume five or something. There's uh, the, the light novels don't start with the, with the scene of Kino, like, uh, like starving in the sands. Like that is from like volume two. That is, that is like the introduction to volume two. But uh, like, this is, I think there's like a few other ones they pull from volume four, but this is, this is like the one that is like, comes from like Kino at its like most established, like most like settled into its uh, like way of doing things, at least, at least so far in this, in these first yeah. seven episodes. Um, yeah. So then, uh, what? So after Kino leaves, um, they go on to uh, the Wikipedia says the sad land. I don't remember if it was actually called that, but I think it's it the is land of sad. sadness. Yeah, the land yeah. of sadness. Uh, everyone is pretty sad here. Um, and they hear a story. They're they're writing. It's like Venice where there's like boatmen and you travel around on all the canals um and they go over go underneath where this like poet is reading this incredibly sad poem um and the boatman tells the story about how they the king commissioned this poet to write an extremely sad poem or else he would be executed Um, it was uh and like the poet was specifically marked for like being a deeply joyful person who had only written very positive and warm and like kind and loving poems beautiful poems beautiful everyone loves them king yeah king wanted king wanted some variety king wanted the spice of life (laughs) (laughs) um and so and gets it (laughs) yeah and so the the poet's like well but i can't write unless it's coming from my heart and I have no sadness in my heart because I'm happily married to you, dear wife. I'm so neurotypical. (laughs) Yes. I'm so so neurotypical. (laughs) I'm so happy to be married to you, wife. My, my life is perfect. I don't, even the, I I have a beautiful house. I have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful daughter. Even the idea of me being executed is not going to make me sad. Uh, And the wife is like, well, my impending death. I am death. no longer your beautiful <laughs> wife. It's no sadness <laughs> don't at worry. all. Don't worry. <laughs> I got you, boss. <laughs> I'll keep you alive by killing myself, and then you can be sad about how I'm dead. Um, he can, and he so gets, he gets non-neurotypical about this. <laughs> yeah, uh, he gets he gets very uh, bent out of shape about very sad. <laughs> he has a lot of sadness. <laughs> he gets a little. He gets all. Yeah. He gets a little. He gets a He's little. He's a little bit He's a little down yeah. in the dumps. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, I, so, he 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 starts reciting. Oh wait, no, you go. It's your it's your. Yeah, song. he start he starts re- reciting this extremely long poem, and it's just like 
image after image of just like generic sad things that is how we get it um, yeah it, it keeps cutting away but it's like everyone fucking hated this it it sucks yeah. so much it's, to hear it, it made everyone so fucking sad it's basically it's basically king of pain by the police yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and so then uh, he recites it just like on end. He's just like constantly doing this sad poem. And everyone's like, this sucks. This, this poem is. <laughs> it's like, God, I wish it's the king so would execute sad. this dude. But he did write yeah. a really sad poem. And that was his. He did actually get an S rank on the the task put before him. So like, we can't kill him. Um, yeah. We're just going to let him keep going, I guess. And, yeah. and something something very funny. His daughter is just like following him around in all of these shots like she's just yeah. there she's like i love this like, song yeah no she <laughs> she's like she's like this is better than like any shit on tiktok or spotify <laughs> play it again papa yeah. <laughs> um and so the the poet eventually dies i think it's like 10 years after this yeah no he um, look he it doesn't look like 10 years like it looks like he's aged like i like decades and decades yeah but it, his daughter is 14, I think, at this mm-hmm. point, which means that at most it was, like, 14. Like, maybe yeah. the wife just had the baby. Maybe. Um, no, because they show his daughter, like, wow. Yeah. It was like a, and she's, yeah. like, she's a similar age. Uh, Ten years seems significant here, too, because mm-hmm. then she... Yeah. Everyone's like, well, he's dead. We're, the the ten-year nightmare <laughs> is over. Thank <laughs> fuck. We don't have to be sad ever again. And then his daughter starts singing it. Yeah, yeah, his daughter's like, uh, 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 I've been following my dad around. I remember all of it. I'm going to start reciting it. Um, yeah. And then after and then, 20 years of this, they're like, this should actually bang. They're yeah. like, no, they're like, they're they like oh, fuck, we let, our, we let our Spotify yeah. subscription lapse. <laughs> so now we have nothing else to listen to. Uh, and so every 10 years, the country chooses another 14-year-old girl with a beautiful bo- uh, voice to stand and recite the poem uh, so that she stops at night so at night they can not be sad for a little bit but during the day everybody has to be sad so like, uh, all right just we don't decided. have to have like fucking nightmares while we sleep but yeah still pretty mellow overall <laughs> uh and then before kino leaves i think it's a border guard um is like oh you know that poem that they read uh, it was written down in a book and i guess a like nearby country got the book and they call it the book of prophecy isn't that silly um, no, no, he's like, oh, they apparently they loved it. Like he, he's yeah, like hyped that it. like people thought it was like that people thought it was like bang like a banger. Like yeah. he's like, yeah, this isn't gonna backfire. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so then, uh, camped like outside the city, uh, under the stars, like tanks just suddenly roll up. Uh, Kino's like, what the fuck's this? Uh, and the soldier says, oh. Uh, the Book of Prophecy says that the next country is actually going to be responsible for the world coming to end. So if we just destroy it right now, it'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, they found the like a end. new interpretation of the words and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, this is like the first country that, you know, the one hmm. like, yeah, the yeah. The, yeah. the country that thinks the world's going to end. Kino's yeah. like back camping outside of it. Yep. Um, um, yeah. And they're like, did you hear what this this country... Uh, over here is like about to have an Anna festival. 
they're like, we gotta take these guys fucking out. We no one can can be left alive. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So and Kino's just like, are are you sure? Like, do you really? I I actually I don't even think Kino brings it up. I think Ermes is like, are are you sure you want to do that? And they're like, yeah, of course. What the fuck? They're gonna yeah. destroy the world. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it was like I, I think the exchange is like, well, how do you know for sure? Um, and they're like, well, like, you know, we can't afford to wait around and see. Yeah, like that's what the book says. It says nineteen moons. After nineteen moons, the three crickets jump across the creek. Like and that's obviously right now. Nineteen cold moons. <laughs> Some, yeah. Something. Uh, something I feel really is like very charming about the way that like the Kino's journey will like interpret like cast of characters is that like oftentimes when Kino is like interacting with like countries in like different different ways it would be really easy to just give like Kino like a small cast of people they interact with and get them to keep coming back but this is a soldier that has no idea who the fuck Kino is other than like a traveler yeah and it's just like there is no connection there Kino cannot really does not even really have any weight over them or even like a recognition as like someone that passed through town. It is just, you're a traveler. We'll leave you alone, but we are going to fuck this up. And I like, there's nothing you can do about it. And Kino's like, okay, I'll keep going then. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and, and, th- and this does keep happening. There's a few other situations where like, it, it would be really easy to like set Kino up with like, a singular person that is interacted with. And sometimes that happens, but other times it's it's like there is a rotating cast of people that are just like citizens. And sometimes Kino will like form connections with them. And sometimes they are just people that have no interest in Kino and Kino doesn't can't really do anything with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the um unless I'm I I feel like episode six and seven Mm-hmm. Um, are the first episodes where we get like, uh, well, episode one to a degree, um, because we have the the lonely man, um, yeah, but episode six and seven are really stand out in terms of, um, we do get like quite a bit. More yeah, we of that. get we get a very like clear shot into the life of a person, and even then later in those episodes, like. They just disappear. Like the shifts change, and there's a different guard. Yeah. yeah. Um. One of the things that. Uh, so I, I guess there were a few things about episode three that um, that stood out for me. Um, the first one is something that we've like touched on a little bit. Um, but the um, like the motif of traveling and the significance of like traveling and being a traveler um in this world uh it is kind of like reminiscent for me of like the road movie um in that um like in this framework like the traveler has this uh interesting kind of like ontological situation where they have like uh they're detached um from uh in this way that we've discussed um, from like these societies and from people. Um, and they're also like isolated. Uh, and I think that really lends itself to um, this like philosophical 
um, narrative, uh, along with the fact that um, in the road movie or in like the traveling narrative, um, you also have like this wide panorama um, of humanity that becomes available for like observation and um, like critical like analysis. Um, so again, as we've talked about, like Kino moves to these different, um, all these different countries that are all completely different. Um, and, uh, it, it creates this space for, um, Kino as like a detached party, um, to, uh, like evaluate, um, or like consider the, the very, uh, elements of the, the society and the, like the differences, um, but then at the same time, and like this is a really key aspect of this type of narrative for me, um, is that the traveler then like is interrogated as well, um, by virtue of like the interact the various interactions um, that they have with others, and so they're interrogated like um, in the eyes of those people, um, but then also like by the viewer, obviously, um, yeah, and that is. Uh, to me at least so far seems to be like a very very key um aspect of this series um and definitely stands out here um i think neve pointed out this is like one of the most vignette uh episodes where there's like three different um or two two different societies we get in this one um we get the we get the the cat one as well yeah oh yeah three three yeah um and i think it it, like intentionally that little short one is almost sandwiched in there to like it's a a while before you realize that the poem is going to be connected to the prophecy um like that is a when that's revealed it is like actually kind of a reveal for you for you the audience like i Mm -hmm. first time i watched this i didn't immediately pick up on like oh this is the same thing um and so i think putting that like cat festival episode or bit in there in the middle of this episode um sort of f- further helps hide that the other two are going to be connected here um mm. yeah agreed um and then uh the, the other big thing for oh go ahead uh kino's journey will just like do that sometimes where there will be interspersed with like these very heavy, very like connected episode, like uh, like countries that Kino visits. There will just be uh, like a, uh, uh, an offshoot where much less time is spent on it. Like uh, in a future episode, the uh, the one with the rails that is like given very little like space and like focus in the novels and like the so is the cat city in like the show and also uh i don't even know if it shows up in the novels because i, I didn't read cat city life, but yeah uh yeah cat city <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds uh, amazing yeah <laughs> no but uh uh it, it, these like places that are not given the same like focus as like Kino is spending all three days in this city and like really getting ingratiated with the culture like Kino is still doing that it is treated with the same weight it just trusts you to understand that without actually like 
viewing it like all of it you you will see it you have a good enough understanding of kino now to trust that kino is undergoing that same process that same like just going through uh and talking to people and understanding things and moving on without needing it to all be like put put to text put to literal text yeah Um, I think uh, the the other big thing for me, um, and if you know, if if y'all want to talk about something different, then by all means. Um, but the like religion is a major motif in this episode mm-hmm. um, because we get uh, it's obviously the the main plot point as well um, with the like apocalyptic. Um, religion of the first society uh and then also the the final society which i'm gonna gonna say is the um the invading military uh which comes to destroy the first one Mm -hmm. um but uh we get this like examination of um like the nature of religion and like its function in society um and that's like you know examined through this lens of like apocalypticism which is this kind of um uh exaggerated um like platform uh but uh the details that stood out to me were um we learned that uh so the the city i'll just call it the, the like city on the hill or on the cliff or whatever um they believe that the world's going to end tomorrow or whatever uh-huh. um and we learn that uh there are scattered references to like why they believe this um so we learn that there are, in the past have been like great storms at least one great rainstorm um that has hit this town before uh so you know, the, this town is like, and it's on the sheer cliff, like facing the ocean. Um, so you have this like precarity of the town itself. Um, it's like literal geography. Um, and then also it being subject to like these weather events. Um, yeah. So disasters are like embedded in the history of the people um, mm-hmm. and also like their worldview. Uh, then you have like, I think uh, Hermes mentions when they go in that like, oh, this town is really nice. And like, this is a good town or prosperous town. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of the prophecy is this idea that like the evil empire will fall. Um, So like them understanding themselves as evil in some way. uh, And that this like apocalypse is some sort of um, punishment. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you have like an aspect of um, projection <laughs> here or like some guilt over their like prosperity. Um, and to me, this kind of um, so like full disclosure um, in school, like I did some uh, like briefly studied like apocalyptic literature. Um, and so this was like very reminiscent uh, 
for me of like um the like prophets in the Torah and stuff. Um and yeah, 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 definitely. Some of Yeah, and like some of the criticism around that, um like historical criticism. Um and um like the understanding of of apocalypticism uh in those time periods. Um so maybe I'm just like maybe I'm just taking this way too far. Um but I really feel like this episode is uh offering an interesting um like consideration of religion as um this like social uh it's like sociocultural phenomenon um that is like uh produced and then like shaped by a culture um that like yeah. reflects a culture yeah. was like worldview somehow um, yeah yeah this this is also an episode with a lot of like focus on like origins and like sources of things like the the very religious town is like working off of this book from another place that has been completely forgotten and yep. like pushed aside in favor of their personal narrative. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the festival, uh, the, the cat festival city uh, is like, so built around like they are doing this for the sake of travelers. They are like existing for the sake of travelers and, that is like a very core part of their lifestyle of being dependent on this like other group of people. And then Kino finally uh, ends by like getting to like the source of it. And it's nothing really special. It is just this very sad town that had a very (laughs) sad poem. And that, that was their downfall. They were too, they were too depressed about it. Um, Well, and their, their downfall, like the, most of what we know about the town being like, oh, they really loved like this poet. Like uh-huh. the the arts were held up, and so then of yeah. course like a really sad poem from that that poet uh, is going to be the thing that's going to like fuck them up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that like takes on this um, quasi religious. Um, yeah, it, like yeah, devotional. It, it loops back around, but uh, this yeah. time the source is like from within the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the poem uh, is from inside the house. <laughs> yeah, but it, it still um, takes on this like if the, we if select the poet's someone. Sad, you're sad. Let him in. <laughs> yeah, we like we like select someone to continue this on. Like we seem to like have a a belief as a culture about like continuing to feel the sadness. Yeah. Um, and it, it specifically makes note that like, they don't just like choose a, they, it's not like a lottery for like a girl to continue singing this poem. They specifically are like, we need to like choose someone with like the best voice, like the, the clearest voice that can like go the longest. And it is important that it is like, beautiful and tragic and sad at the same time yeah they're doing it like american idol or something to find yeah, this yeah 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 <laughs> land year, of sadness for 14 idol. year olds every 10 years yeah yeah it's like um, what what um what song will you be uh performing today um uh the uh the great the prophecy okay got it yeah yeah uh, it's the prophecy oh, that really again. sad poem <laughs> 
uh, like every every single one. It's like, what song are you going to be performing? Uh, uh, today I'll be performing the prophecy. Okay, cool, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Just blow us away. Uh, also, there's like humor that I want to touch in when we get to, to episode four as well. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. like this series has had funny moments throughout, and this is the yeah, first absolutely. episode. Like even as there's interesting stuff in this episode um, that like you've been getting into uh, already, there's not like. A lot of the premises in this are just like full of humor. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it is aware of like, we weren't just joking around with the synopses because we were having fun. Like, it, it is doing, it is playing up the melodrama of the sad mm. poem. Uh, there's, there's like it. those, like, there, there's like those classic, like, uh, like uh painted smear frames where like the king is just like screaming as the poets like talking and like the poets just like thrashing about like the town and the streets and it's like oh these people just fucking hate this but he's going <laughs> yeah the animation is amazing in this yeah. and really yeah. really does convey like the the melodrama and the humor for yeah. Sure. yeah 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 even like the death um <laughs> the death scene of the poet where it's just yeah. like I think it like spirals in. Yeah, it's just like yeah, him yeah. like splayed out like. You know. And his daughter's like right next to him, just staring at him. <laughs> yeah, not, it's like that. Not fucking blinking. <laughs> um, like the yeah. the death of the 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 suicide of his wife too is just like they're like standing on a cliff face. It's all dramatic. She just like has a knife suddenly at her own throat. Uh, yeah, it's and he yeah. and he's like, oh fuck. <laughs> The the yeah w- when she takes a couple steps back, do y'all remember this? Like yeah, I don't know why this detail stands out for me, but um, there's a dramatic irony because like the viewer you know what's about to happen, more or less, yeah. and he's like stand sitting on uh he's like kneeling on this precipice. It's such a melodramatic like tableau to begin yeah, with, yeah. And then his wife like- comes up, and it's like. Very, um, like he—he he was just sitting in these planes trying to figure out how to be fucking sad. And his wife's like, "Don't yeah. worry, I got you, boss." Yeah, it's very like mechanical, almost like marionette-ish. Mm-hmm. And then she mm-hmm. like goes in, like kisses him, and then she's just like weirdly, un- inexplicably, just like stands up, and then she like takes one step back, and then she like takes another step back. Yeah, and I, I don't know why that's so funny to me, but like. <laughs> Um, she's just like, yeah, hold on. I'm just like trying to get my blocking right. So I will fall off the cliff after I stab myself. So like, okay, wait, let me just, I'm yeah. adjusting it. I, need, I think I need about like six more inches back here. Um, it's also just funny that he's like, like, I just imagine him going to this like cliff face being like, I thought it would be dramatic and sad, but I'm just admiring the beauty. <laughs> Yeah, poor guy. Um, I'm just so happy that the weather is like mild tonight. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't. I I think. Uh, I don't want to like occlude the humor of the uh, of the show by immediately just like pouncing on like oh yeah it's all you know political yeah. philosophy um, because I think uh, humor is maybe even like the primary um like like a primary tonal um yeah 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 yeah. uh do we want to do the next episode yeah uh yeah um episode four 
um, t- uh, primary title, Land of Adults. Um, and then the subtitle is Natural Rate. This one, this one's really good. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be, um, I don't know. We might, we might have, have something to talk about. Um, so we get a flashback, uh, to when Kino was 11 years old. Um, and they live in Kino. Yeah. Yeah. Before Kino was Kino. Yeah. We Um, learned that their name used to be, uh, the name of a flower that when, uh, you could, you could change it to make it into an insult, but they don't actually remember Mm -hmm. their old name anymore, which mood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Retweet. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah. So we're, when Kino was 11, um, they, uh, we see they were once a citizen of a country, um, uh, which was the land of adults. Um, and one day they meet a mysterious traveler named Kino. Uh, for the sake of this synopsis, uh, we will call our Kino, who's the main character of this story, uh, the child and the old traveler, the original Kino, or just Kino. Um, I, I, I mentally refer to them as first Kino and Kino. Um, Kino, yeah. Kino one with a Roman Kino numeral. one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ronnie. pre pre Kino. Um, Ronnie so, one and Ronnie two. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. The, the Bacchino, uh, method. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, the original Kino, uh, Kino prime, uh, one, um, and first, uh, stayed, uh, at the child's family's inn, uh, for a few days, uh, while he repaired an old motor ad. Um, I think it's kind of like, you know, he's doing what, uh, our Kino is doing now where he's like passing through, um, and, um, for a couple of days, uh, and then, it like decides to take on this project of repairing the, the motor ad. Uh, the child talks with uh, Kino one about adulthood and traveling. Um, and they jointly name the motor ad that he's fixing up uh, Hermes. The child also explains uh, that in their country, children on their 12th birthday undergo an operation to become a hardworking adult who smiles even when they do something they hate. Uh so it's somehow this is like, you know, a weird, um, this is like the most scientific town yet. I think like the most like scientifically advanced. Cause they have like a fucking like operating table and like scanning people's brains and stuff. Like it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's like this fairy tale science. Yeah. Where yeah. It's yeah. like, Oh, yeah, when like- I turn 12, I, they suck out, they suck mm-hmm. the child out of your brain and then you just age into an adult overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, which there is like uh, quite a bit it, of this. It, like, it isn't fairy about tale it science. isn't about aging. It is like the next day that kid will just be be given adult jobs, be treated like an adult, and they will like continue to like grow up until like adult age. But they are considered not a child from the moment they have that operation. Yeah. Okay. I think it, it. I think it's significant too that like while it is operating in like a fairy tale logic, some of it is also being conveyed to uh the original Kino by a child sort of explaining this operation with like a, a certain amount of like 
child understanding about like oh you go through like i've been taught the like tradition and the importance of the right of getting the surgery yeah that makes you into an adult kino's like pretty pretty content pretty happy with it like until like yeah like kino's just like oh smile smile on their face while while going like oh they suck out the brain yeah, but then like yeah. you think about the surgery, and you're like, this kind of just seems like a lobotomy or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There could be some more like, sciency, like, yes, you know, thing that they're actually doing. That, but culturally, just... it's understood as like the you you lose this childhood part mm-hmm. of you and become an adult. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, um, regardless, uh, this operation uh, is is the law of the land, um, but. Uh, after talking with first Kino for some time, um, and more significantly, I think just um, seeing first Kino um, and like uh, identifying with him um, and his like lifestyle, yeah, having um, a ring of keys moment, which I don't know if you'll get that reference. Honestly, either of you, because if I feel like it's kind of old, but also specifically gay. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, you guessed right. I, I don't, I don't get it, but yeah. Um, do you want to uh, elaborate? Um, let me let me just like double check and make sure that I have the uh, correct fun home. Yeah, is the name of it. Uh, so there, there is a musical that's based on a um, on a comic book um, that's specifically about like figuring out that you are. Uh, so it's by, uh, Alison Bechtel who did, uh, Dykes to watch out for. Um, and yeah, it was a, this memoir got turned into a musical. Uh, so a lot of people knew specifically the song from it, but it's this idea of, uh, she tells the story of seeing, uh, this like butch woman with like a, a big ring of keys, like hanging off of her belt basically. Um, and seeing like a, a different way to be in that, that like mm. none of the, like, women in her life would would have a big ring of keys would like be expressing like butch gender in this way and seeing it. And then like coming to realizing that there's a different way to be. Um, and like having this different sense of like someone else that I could become. I've never had, I've never seen this kind of role model before in my life. Um, and now I'm seeing someone and it's like this brief moment of like, I don't even really know who this person is, person is, but like I briefly get this marker of something else. Um, so and, and like that term, I think in particular because of the popularity of the song has become like a, a shorthand in, in some queer spaces to describe like that moment of when you haven't really figured yourself out yet, but you see someone um, and immediately recognize that they are different. They are like other, but also in a way that feels like the way that you want to be. And mm-hmm. then you have to like come to terms with that, which is exactly what's happening to yeah, that's exactly our keynote it. here. Yeah. Um, so uh, following this, yeah, following this moment, <laughs> um, our keynote uh, begins to have some doubts about the, um, becoming the taking or doing this operation, um, and um, asks uh, asks their parents like in a very um, hesitant way, just about like the possibility of oh, like what if I didn't do this? Um, to which um, Kino's uh, or Kino's parents um react by uh 
deciding to kill them um, for challenging their customs, um, which uh, is also revealed in this in this moment to be uh, seemingly the the law um, and the the standard uh, response to any deviation from um, from this custom. Um, and in the climactic moment uh, when Arkino's father is uh, charging them with a knife. Um, the first Kino steps in front um, and is stabbed and killed instead. Um, and then we get this like dark comic moment of yeah. um, the child's father and like, <coughs> and his like wife um, trying to like pull this knife out of the original Kino's lifeless body. Um, and as this is happening, Hermes uh, speaks to uh, our Kino uh, hereafter, just known as Kino. Um, uh, and basically convinces Kino to, um, to like hop on the bike and, and, uh, drive away. Um, and after fleeing to a field of crimson flowers, uh, and kind of like, you know, uh, with, ex- with exhaustion, like dropping the bike and like laying down in the field, um, mm. the child takes on the original Kino's name as their own. Um, and changes into his clothes, um, including his long traveling coat. Um, uh, something something yeah. very small that I thought was like a very I, I it wasn't not mentioned in the book I think, but uh, Kino has a little like advent calendar sort of thing, like mm-hmm. a, a cute like train hanging on the wall that is like counting down the days until their operation. The and cat they, train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like pulling off the knobs one by one, dropping them into a little basket. And it's like, it's so menacing, but it's, it's so cutesy in like a way that like, yeah, this is the way that a town that like would do this would just like push this on everybody in like the most like, this is just normal. This is just, this is like a regular day. This is yeah, like it's so it's so lighting a candle every 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 day in like the lead yeah. up to a holiday or whatever. Yeah, and as you learn that it's like the lead up to this operation, uh-huh. um, the operation is so that you will like work while smiling while doing a job you hate. You're like, yeah. man, this is uh, this cute little like image that you introduce has gotten very dark. <laughs> uh-huh. it, it, it's like. Kino gets like uh like the the kid gets like a flashback to being in class and the teacher is just like anyone can smile while doing a job you hate even me like damn like you fucking hate being a teacher bro like fuck it these these kids don't these kids just think you fucking hate them now they just know that yeah like Jesus but um, it'll be okay once they turn twelve then they'll understand it's like, yeah thank God I won't have to yeah no it is like very is the adults in this are just so scary in a like a very like sharp way it is kid like the kids are like even kino expressing like the smallest doubt is immediately met with just like abuse and complete derision from their parents and it's just like jesus like there's like a guy walking down the street and he's like oh, this kid doesn't want to have an operation? And then people at the street just start, like, screaming at Kino. Yeah. Like, just, like, yeah. fucking full of, like, 
disgust that there would be like even the slightest hesitation or question. And it's like, God, adults are scary. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I basically have no thoughts about this episode. So okay, no. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll just move on. Eight. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Episode um, five. This uh, is. Uh, I always, I always pictured Kino, uh, the original uh, Kino Prime, is more of a twink. So this very like plain-looking guy was a very, like he, I, I, I don't remember if like the light novels describe him as, twink, as a twink, but it is very much like he's described. <laughs> he is described more like entrancingly, but he looks very plain. Like he is just like a guy. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I guess that is from because like the the light novels are from Kino like Kino's perspective, and it is just like this guy showed up and like told me about like the like other things I could be, and that is like entrancing and like endearing to a child, and will color that vision in like the same way that the operation was colored by Kino's vision. Yeah, I mean, not the this. Uh, Kino that we meet is mm. is not uh like the the original Kino is not a twink but might still have some trans guy swag. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's still like, like a little bit of that vibe. A lot, a lot of like Kino's catchphrases and also some quotes that have been like popping up throughout the episodes are sourced from this Kino. And most importantly, like in the first episode, there is like a quote that Kino says to Hermes, and Hermes is like, oh, who said that? And Kino just doesn't remember. Like, it, it is like, this is something that was deeply affecting to Kino, and Kino, like, has, like, almost perfectly copied this Kino's lifestyle. Like, Kino Prime's, like, lifestyle and mannerisms and the way of, like, living and is enjoying it greatly. But, like, it is so associated with this, with, like, what was their home that they have just like let it drift away outside of just like continuing Kino's legacy through just like traveling and enjoying it. Yeah. Um, it, I think at a note too, cause we haven't like really talked about it, but this episode is a, a big part of why. So like I mentioned how I had to, to change the pronouns from mm. the, the Wikipedia one. Um, and I think that, so what happened, um, my understanding is like, one in uh Japanese it's very easy to like not talk about or not use pronouns yeah. when you're talking about someone yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and also there are certain gendered expectations with pronouns mm -hmm. um but i I believe that in Japanese uh Kino primarily uses uses watashi, which is like ungendered it's kind of just a, like sometimes gender, things a little bit gender, more yeah female but it's neutral like it yeah. is not it is not uncommon for like men to use watashi or whatever but there is also just like boku if you want to like yes. strictly identify like as masculine um and i know that at some point um i don't think it gets addressed in this anime but i know at some point uh kino does like switch to boku yeah, um, yeah, I I yeah. noted it. It, it. it is in episode six, and it's specifically yeah. after um, Kino says, "Stop calling me boy." Yeah, it is, and then they say, "Boku it is wa after Kino getting misgendered." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, and then of course, there's like, especially within anime, there's a history around Boku as like, um, mm -hmm. it it is in Japanese 
uh, like actual Japanese culture, pretty exclusively used by, uh, especially like younger boys, mm-hmm. um, less common by men. Yeah. Um, but in in anime, there's a whole plethora of like tomboy characters <laughs> yeah. who say boku. It is it um, is a big part of like expressing a more like masculine side of like femininity, even, and that yes. is like a pretty like culture like culturally normal thing in animation. Yes. It's like oh, it, this is an easy way to like <laughs> say like oh, Kanbaru from like Monogatari is like the jock and like whatever. Yeah. Um, but like Kino's never using like Atashi, which is like a, a yeah. more feminine thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, there's that. Two, there's like so lots of lots of people, uh, lots of people who I don't think understand what's going on at all in any of this. Oh, um, God, no. See this episode, and they're like, "Oh, Kino is a little girl because the the child in here is like a you know, yeah, uh, feminine like little mm-hmm. girl character." Yeah. Uh, oh. Kino's pronouns are she, and it's just like you've missed what all of this <laughs> conversation is about. You've collected <laughs> nothing. Like I can't even imagine just like continuing that after like episode six and seven. Like, yeah. Do you like it, yeah. it? It could not be made more obvious. Like I don't know. Like when I was like reading the Kino light novels, and I just like peeked onto like the the like Ki- like Kino's journey wikia or whatever. Like there were just people being like fucking insane about Kino's gender in like the comments. It it was like I you you there's the boogie pop influence comes from both like these are very moody pieces of like works that are that have gender business going on, and they have in common people being insane about the gender of the main central like character. Yeah. Um yeah, I, and I so I think part of what's like significant about this episode uh, to me, and also Kino as a character, um, is not just like there is this like non-binary thing mm. that seems to be expressed with Kino um, that you know when I watched this for the first time uh, in high school and had not figured out any gender shit was still like a whoa what's going on here this is interesting um, I don't know why I'm interested in this but this is interesting. Um, but I, I think, like, even more significant to the understanding of the character is, like, the way that this gets framed in this episode is specifically around, there's this conversation um, where after learning, like, what the definition of, like, a child and adult is in this land, uh-huh. the original Kino says, like, I don't think I'm either to to our Kino. Like, yeah. uh, I, I'm not a child like you, but I also, like, haven't had this this surgery I, yeah. i'm not an adult in the way that you are conceiving of adult i am something else it's it, like well, what are you well like i'm i'm kino i i travel mm-hmm. around um, the, this is this is also something that gets pulled up like it's like oh i'm just kino like that is like a pretty like yes. a pretty common refrain that gets pulled up alongside the fact that like it is not just like oh i didn't have the surgery it's oh i enjoy what i'm doing and like that is not yes. something that in like this country in the land of adults that like that is not something that is like seen as possible or like a desirable outcome. Yeah, and, no like, aspect of that is like allowed. No, or possible. No, yeah. it is. It is just like holy shit. You actually like are having fun, but you're not a kid. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then, but I think the thing that's very significant into like my understanding of Kino as a, a, mm-hmm. a character is that they are specifically taking on like and and will continue to maintain 
this identity of other that like like capital o other like i i exist in a society that has like children and adults and i am going to become other and i'm going to become a traveler that like by definition especially in like the way that i refuse to settle down for more than 3 days i will always also be the other like i will be the one who is not a part of your customs your culture your way mm-hmm. of seeing things um and it's like very intentionally choosing otherness as like a state of yeah. being um which one like obviously has queer vibes to it yeah absolutely. Um, but i I think it's also then tying some of that stuff into this other stuff that we're talking about as like Kino as an observer or Mm -hmm. as someone who is traveling around through these lands um, and never always having this like uh, slightly fraught relationship with to like to what degree am I Mm -hmm. taking part human connection. Yeah. In the connection with like you, I, I am always like in a very like friendly way, but I am always the other. Uh, and mm-hmm. I actually like enjoy existing in this state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I, I have <laughs> two other things I would like to bring up. Like one's very small, yeah. but uh, the the other one is like it is like it feels very like important to me that after all of this like talk of like oh these are like the rules I live by these are the rules I travel by Kino does just. Like, Kino Prime just breaks one, like, immediately. Uh-huh. Like, the moment this kid's life is in danger, it is just like, okay, I I can't be, I can't be this traveler. The moment, like, uh, he, he, he would just be, like, allowed to leave. Like, Kino would just be allowed to get out of there, like, keep on moving, keep on traveling, if... Yeah, is fully if, ready yeah. to... Yeah. Until they're and like, then, we're going to kill this this child yeah. now. We're going to pull a knife on this kid because this kid's a failure. This kid did not turn out the way we wanted. And we're just going to end them. And Kino's like, oh, not even a second thought. That is not like, that is not something I can just allow as like a custom. I, yeah. And just like steps in front of a knife, no hesitation. And the adults are just like, that's fucked up. Adults shouldn't do that. Adults shouldn't like care about children that way. And, or like uh, yeah, yeah, or others, yeah, um, yeah or and make others. like decisions like emotionally, like yeah. that. It it um, doesn't make any sense that like Kino would step in front of a knife. That is not something a a mature adult would do. Yeah, and I I would just to add to that because um, mm. I think that's a, a like really uh, important point you've brought up. I would posit that our Kino does the same thing. Yeah. Um, in episode yeah. in the six seven arc, yeah, um, and in that way, like replicates, uh, yeah, yeah, K- yeah. Kino Prime, like uh, mm-hmm. as well, in a way that's really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other like minor note is that uh, in the light novels, this story ends with uh, the the show just ends with Kino like saying, "Oh, my name's Kino, and like let's travel together, Hermes, right?" Like. Uh, the light yeah. novel, the the light novel ends with Kino saying, "Like, oh, like, right after this, we tried to go to the next country, but I didn't know how to tell directions or do anything yet. So I got lost in the woods, and I found someone who agreed to teach me how to shoot a gun and like train me. And like it, it sets like this in like the a timeline of like Kino grew up here, tried to travel, wasn't very good at it, got trained for a while." 
and then got lost in the desert immediately after that. And like it, and it like sets one. these Yeah, it like sets these in a sequence in a way that like the anime doesn't. Yeah. And the the um, anime is like very attached to this idea of like these events existing in a void that isn't really connected in the same way. Yeah. A nonlinearity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um for me, I think um the the notes I had on this episode, or like the, it's really more about the, um, the arc it, so far. Um, but I feel yeah. like this is an interesting, th- this is a good episode to talk about it on. Um, like again, um, kind of what we've been discussing. Um, we get this, like, um, this series of like different societies for us to examine. Um, and I think one of the things that, um, is happening, uh, going back to the idea of like the beautiful world, um, and like, what is the world, um, and and what is like humans relationship with the world? Um, all of the societies that we are presented with, um, display some sort of like distinct or definitive worldview, um Mm -hmm. that like mediates their relation with the world and like guides their understanding uh of it um but all of these worldviews are like seemingly uh exaggerated (laughs) um in some way like either like um and i'll put i put these in in scare quotes but like unrealistic or unnatural um Mm -hmm. so like for instance um in the land of adults, um, you have this like constructed, um, demarcation, um, between child and adult, uh, that's enforced like through surgery, um, to where adults have to like, like, this is the only way to live. Um, they have this like extremely narrow, um, way of life, um, that is like, that is their worldview of like how things should be, um, and, you know, but obviously, like, because the perspective of the viewer is Kino's perspective, and we have, like, um, this broad worldview, we can understand, like, this society as being, um, like, oh, wow, like, this is a really distorted, <laughs> um, like, worldview, uh, or, or way of life. Um, and I think this applies in a fashion to every, um society that we come across um yeah like all of these worldviews are are really like exaggerated um in a way that um like draws your attention um and to me uh i think it brings up a couple thoughts which is um the idea that kino's journey um there's a way that like conventional society is being critiqued here. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like the, like the constructs of like society itself um, by nature of being like constructs um, somehow put people like at a remove from um, again, scare quotes, but put people at a remove from like reality um, or nature. Um, and that there's like some sort of disconnect um, between humans and nature, um, 
where, you know, humans live this like, uh, constructed, um, within these like constructed worldviews. Um, and then, you know, the question that follows that is like, well, if this is the critique, then is it, um, humans have to like somehow distort the world in order to cope with it. Um, because like, uh, the like reality of nature or like, um, like this existentialist reality of like death and like primal forces that we can't control. Um, we can't cope with it unless we somehow like, uh, construct these, um, like worldviews. Um, or is it, that like humans themselves are somehow uh, like human psychology or humans themselves are somehow flawed or distorted. Um, mm. And then this yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like worldviews are just a projection um, of like human uh, psychology or human nature. Um, so I feel like all of that, <laughs> is like in the mix here. Um, yeah. and then like, lastly, um, if this is the case, then like, what is the situation of Kino, um, in the framework? Um, because like, as a traveler, Kino has this different kind of relationship with like the land and with nature, um, that they're like living off of it. We often see, uh-huh. um, like Kino is accustomed to living off the land. Um, and it's like, we see them living off the land and like hunting, et cetera. Um, but even more like is implied that this is something they do frequently. Um, and so not only living off the land, but also like traversing it, um, and experiencing it in a way that like settled people don't. Uh, yeah. So then is Kino, uh, positioned as this kind of like corrective perspective, um, that has a like quote unquote better understanding of nature or like a closer understanding, um, that the viewer can then, um, juxtapose like, oh, look at how distorted like these civilizations are. Um, and then because we have Kino as this like corrective perspective, um, we can see that the, it's flawed. Um, or, um, you know, or, or is something else, uh, happening here with that? Um, I think I'm not prepared to, uh, to give a final reading. Um, I just think that like, for me, all of this is kind of, uh, in the mix with this series. Um, and it's really, uh, it's really engaging with the idea of like, um, the relationship of like humans, not only with each other, um, which we've talked about at length, but also with like the world, human understanding of the world and the relationship of the world, um, and like nature itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but sorry, that was a, that was a long tangent. Um, <laughs> yeah, <it's fine. laughs> um do you, do you want to move on to the next episode? Uh, yeah, I'm good with going to five. Okay. Okay. Uh, episode five is Three Men Along the Rails. Uh, subtitle, On the Rails. <laughs> uh, 
As Kino rides Hermes along an old railroad, uh, they meet a railroad uh, railway track polisher who has been working for fifty years. Uh, he's been like sprucing up, sprucing up the, sprucing up the the metal rails, uh, clearing away the weeds, like making sure that it's perfectly traversable. Uh, they look great. T- yeah, they yeah. look. They they're like gleaming. They're fucking glowing. It's hard to like look straight out. <laughs> Yeah, pulling out all the grass that would like. Yeah, they sh- they even they're, shine at night. No, yeah, they're getting like these like gorgeous like glimmering sparkles that take up like half the screen. And Kino's like, "Wow, sick." Uh, uh, he stops for a break to eat lunch. Uh, is like, "Hey, uh, Kino, eat lunch with me. Uh, I've told you what I'm doing. Tell me, tell me about you." And uh, Kino tells him a story about a country where people have advanced machinery and technology uh, so much they don't have to work. They could choose to just lay about with no no worries, no struggles, and machines would do everything for them, but they have instead chosen to give themselves meaningless jobs of various difficulties uh, simply for the sake of feeling stress. Uh... Uh, and they still they still want ways like, even with like this perfectly automated world they still want people to gain money and wealth and figure out how to distribute that uh, and the old man is like wow you know what that sounds kind of that sounds kind of weird but thanks for the story and <laughs> but and i would never do meaningless work just for the, <laughs> the promise of someone that yeah getting no, paid hold, hang in there but uh uh and it a very a very notable notable thing that is not in this uh summary is that uh he asks like oh kino where where are you heading next and it just freeze frames on a frame of kino very very heavily like there is a lot of intent there's a lot of like there's a musical sting there's like a very solid like painted frame of yeah. kino that it just like it's stops very, on it's very take on yeah. me yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly uh kino rides for a while longer like unexplained amount of time probably like not very long few hours max like few hours to like a day mo- like at max uh Kino rides further down the tracks and finds someone pulling them up and demolishing them, who has been working for 50 years also. Uh, the demolisher takes a break. They tell the exact same story. And he has like a more positive outlook. He's like, wow, I would choose just to like never work. That sounds awesome. I <laughs> This job's kind of cringe. Uh, <laughs> but thank God. Thank God it's not useless, though. Uh <laughs> Uh, and Kino's yeah, like, thank oh, God, my it? family's definitely yeah. not dead. Yeah, and, back in the yeah, I haven't seen them in fifty years. But. Yeah, and Kino, Kino, Kino's like, oh, don't you think it's weird that like, despite pulling up these like old unused tracks, they're so clean? And he's like, yeah, it makes it really easy. It's awesome. Uh, and he just like piles up all the all the materials he used to build the tracks on the side of where the the road is. And Kino's like, okay. Uh, I'll keep going, and the the man uh, the man says once again, like, "Oh, hey, where are you going?" He knows, and it freeze frames on him, same way, same style, same like musical type of sting. Uh, before cutting to the third person who is uh, laying new tracks for the railroad using the old cleaned materials that have been perfectly set to the sides of the track. 
doing the same job for the same purpose for 50 years for the sake of sending money back home to their family and the railway. Uh, he asks for a story, and Kida's like, sorry, I'm bad at telling stories, and I don't know any <laughs> interesting ones. It just keeps driving. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kino arrives at like the source of the railroad track, which is this destroyed, busted-up old country that just looks dead. There's not any inhabitants. Kino spends three days wandering through the wreckage before finding a survivor who uh, tells Kino about how there was a uh, uh, there was a king that was really cruel and heartless and the people through a lot of like working together and coming together like unified to overthrow this king in a nearly like bloodless revolution and they decided to do like everything fairly they they just like did a majority vote democracy where like if the majority of the population votes on something it's good and then they started finding a lot of flaws with each other and their solution was to do oppressive things and just slowly kill off the entire population uh to the point that there were three people left, the survivor, his wife, and a third person who wanted to leave. And he and his wife didn't want him to leave and chose to shoot him instead. Uh, and now he is alone. He is sitting in this ruined country. And he's like, hey, Kino, Ermes, you're nice. Would you like to be citizens? And they're like, uh, we outnumber you. What also if we your decide? Sucks. Yeah, this country <laughs> blows, and we outnumber you. What if we decide you don't want? We don't want you to be here. Uh, and he's like, "Oh fuck, get that, get the hell out of here!" <laughs> uh, uh, he just starts shooting like through the streets, just like gunshots echoing everywhere. Uh, and episode ends with that. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it's really um, okay. Really, really optimistic. This one. is this is a weird one. In the in the light novels, these are three separate stories that they for some reason melted into one. the The three men on the rails one was like a very short interlude. Like it's like prologue length. Like it is given like the same amount of space as like Kino Lost in the Desert. Like it is like. Kino meets three people, notes that they've all been working on the railroad for a long time, and then just keeps driving. Then in like volume four, Kino finds uh, the the place where people don't have to work but make work for themselves anyway. And uh, then it is a different story in like volume one or something that like completely separate that they're this like majority rule town came from. And the anime has decided that like all three of these things are presented in like this continuous story for like a single episode that is just filled with one story. And that's weird and interesting. Um, I think the, um, I don't really have a ton to say about um, mm -hmm. this episode, but like with that in mind, I feel like the connective tissue here is, um, this idea of like irrationality. Um, yeah, there's like a very clear through line of like the way people think about labor and doing things and like the point of doing things. 
and the the excuses they will make to do things that are not like helpful to people in like a, a clear or meaningful way. Yeah, for sure. Um, like you have uh, this idea of like sacrifice um, and uh, but then also like the systems that require sacrifice being like either irrational or people like being irrational and not accepting um, like sacrifice. Um, mm. there, there is kind of like, as I'm thinking about it, there is almost a little bit of a, um, movement in this episode as well, where it's like, okay, we get the, like, you know, the land where people, well, first we get like this presumably capitalist system of like, yeah, the workers, um, the, the three men, mm-hmm. um, and like again, again, there's the repetition where it's evoked of like, oh, I have to work in order to like provide for my family. Yeah, um, which it is like this we- is there. There were not many jobs, and this was like the only one I could get that was like stable enough that like they would keep giving checks to my family. Yeah, which we all recognize as capitalism because this is what yeah. we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it's also like. You know, the um, the conceit here is like the irrationality of and the meaninglessness uh, of their work where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, OK, well, yeah, I mean, this this system is like hiring these people um, to like do these jobs. But they're all just like all of the jobs, th- the work that is like presumably to be done mm-hmm. is like seemingly of no value. Yeah. Um, they're just like working to work. Um, mm-hmm. yeah and uh this is like you know there here's like oh this meaningless sacrifice where they sacrifice their whole life doing this like menial single task um that doesn't need to be done yeah, yeah. Um, I, during those segments i was thinking about uh so for my job i had to go to a trade show um and a thing that will happen at trade shows are all about wanting to show you the future of automation. And so they just have like robots doing things. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of their favorite things to do is they'll just show you a robot doing a job, like say like loading bottles into a cart and then another robot drives the cart around the, the floor. Uh, But they can't actually have something just like doing endless work on the, the floor because then just like, crates full of bottles are going to fill up and they'll have to put them somewhere. And yeah. so the, the at some the point in this chain, robot, you can't have a robot do it. Yeah. So, well, no, but what happens is they have the cart robot drive it over to a different arm that then unloads the bottles and then puts the bottles in a different crate that a different crate robot drives back to the first robot. And so they just keep undoing each other's work to do their work. And it's just, it's so like, like you just watch it and you're like, man, I've had jobs like this sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So so we have this and then we have like the land where people don't don't have to work, which is the exact like opposite basically. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and it you know is why Kino like introduces the the story. Um but then you have like uh again the opposite circumstance where it's like people don't there's no need for people to work. It's recognized um 
And but they they still want money. They still want like ways to have more money than other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then like even though there's no material need uh like for anyone to work um there's like this like uh meaningless sacrifice is not expo is not imposed from like without but it's like imposed from within <laughs> where people yeah. are like oh like we can't like like somehow we like psychologically can't cope mm-hmm. or with like th- uh not having to work um so then we're going to like uh create like uh this whole system um mm-hmm. where like again even though there's no material need like we're just like fabricating uh like this work to do but we all know that it's meaningless work yeah yeah i mean um, it's also it, it's also big like i can't escape capitalism brain where they're like mm-hmm. well so the robots are making money for us but how do we fairly distribute the wealth uh and everyone's unequally. still so capitalism <laughs> brain that they're like well we can't just do it like equally or like based on the needs of people uh we need to just make up work so that we can still know who deserves the money the most because they mm-hmm. did they got stressed yeah. the most doing the most work um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, just like you you could have had it you could have had it society you it, just needed to it, it, stop thinking it, it about capitalism such a, it paints such a really interesting like contrast against a city that was like similarly like nearly completely automated where it was not like they they were just like living like that and were doing fine like they were just like finding new things to like be interested in and explore and like create and it is it was one of their creations that like undid that and like made it like impossible to live in that city and like around each other whereas this is just like they they could they could just keep having a an enjoyable time they could keep fucking around with robots doing everything but they they sure they want they really want money though yeah though yeah. no, that's uh i think that's a, a very good point actually mm-hmm. because that contrast is really important um because the city in episode one even though, like, when we encounter it, it's like, oh, it's gone horribly wrong. Uh, the city in episode one is, like, seeking to become a utopia. Yeah. And, like, their their response to, like, oh, yeah, everything's automated. Everyone is, like, provided for. So there's no, like, want. Um, it's like, okay, well, then how can we, like, yeah. remove we the make, final, like, yeah. Yeah. like, sources of human strife? Um, in conflict, and it's like, oh, it, it was it was coming from like a morally good place, even if like the system of getting there a little bit, maybe you need a little bit, maybe go back to the drawing board. Yeah, um, for sure. But you you have like somebody's like working on the antidote. <laughs> well, they no, can't they can't, they can't work together. How yeah. would they get it to people? They all run well, away screaming. Like, just... like, write up your notes and mail it to the other guy. Have the robot deliver it. Like, no, they don't have. They don't yeah. have robots. They're just living in little yeah. houses. Yeah. Um. That's no. That's too. They're just. They're just so that's, sad about it. That's too rational. Just we're dealing with. We're very dealing with, like, briefly. Uh, encounter the thoughts of the other person to explain. I'm gonna just periodically leave notes here in this box <laughs> in between our houses. Also, if they have. Well, I don't want to just like poke holes in this, even though it's satisfying. Anyway, um, <laughs> but if they have this level of like sophistication and robotics, like 
Presumably they also have phones, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. just, you know, call someone who is like Yeah, but does the telepathy work over phone? Oh, that'd be fucked you, up. You would you would think they would like okay. have at least tried that. Um if yeah. if people if okay. <laughs> if these people were so close to achieving this like perfect utopia and their their thought for completing it was we should give everyone psychic powers no hesitation just have them all drink it down at once maybe <laughs> maybe not Let's the not most do like, any trials yeah maybe not the most like competent at like they everything everything else was just like fucking luck like oh let's just completely automate the city no trials no no hesitation we're just like throwing these robots out if it yeah. fucks up it fucks up and it works let's just put a bunch of a bunch of yeah. parts in a bag and shake it up it's like oh bam <laughs> like we have the future robot like <laughs> let's, let's have like a bunch of monkeys with typewriters like, write our constitution and it worked it worked perfectly they got so lucky um but i i will say like i think even though this is a hilarious like predicament, mm-hmm. um, it the juxtaposition is telling because it's like it, again it's this ambivalent like um, critique where it's like okay yeah we have the the land where people don't have to work and uh-huh. oh they just can't get out of this like scarcity mindset mm-hmm. and this like capitalism yeah, yeah, yeah. and they yeah. aren't like pursuing they're failing because they like aren't imagining or pursuing a utopia or whatever. Um, and so they've like you know, like lapsed into this flawed system because they can't imagine yeah. this. But yeah. then it's like, oh, we already saw the country that tried to imagine the utopia, and like they it failed too. Was, it got real close though. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you can't even like turn around and be like, like the show doesn't leave you space to be like, oh, f- like they should have just fucking like they should just done the utopia. It's like, well, no, no, no. Like we already addressed that. Like it, like the other country tried that, that didn't work. Yeah. Um. And I just think there are other ways to try the utopia. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like like. No, don't worry. Other other countries will probably try it. They'll just fuck up in a different fun fucked up yeah. way. Yeah, it right. is Kino's journey after all. And yeah, and yeah. we've talked about you. Like, <laughs> we've talked about it's utopia like, on this. It's like we're we're one we're one step away from fucking utopia. We should turn everyone into bug monsters or something. It's like okay, that'll probably work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Um. Uh, but yeah, it's not like, um, I don't want to suggest that, uh, the show is necessarily anti-utopian, uh, mm-hmm. but I think that it, it is like, um, again, it's like advancing this, um, critique, uh, yeah. of like yeah. human, um, like society. The, way, the ways people will just like get set in like a very specific, like way of thinking about the world and things and not really be willing or brave enough to like travel beyond that i guess is like the a big part of it or like even if they are like what are mm-hmm. the limits of like yeah you know like human uh like societies um yeah or like you know i i I don't think the answer is posited yet, but it's like, oh, well, this isn't easy. Like, this isn't just yeah. a, like easy yeah. shit's, answer. Shit's rough. Um, I do think and, that the- And then we get the, like, I, I will, I'm just going to say this for, like, comedic effect. And then we get the society where everyone's been executed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
the I do think that this show might still support like a that uh, utopia is like an ongoing process rather than something that can be fully achieved because there is the like uh, sign of hope to at the end of the land of visible pain of like oh like Kino in in going and talking to the lonely man is able to one without without language but with like understanding of like body language in another human being communicate i rec you've told me this story and i recognize that you are growing flowers that you in the absence of your wife have gained an interest in the thing that she was interested in that like you previously weren't able to express i am like acknowledging that something has changed in you that means that that relationship with with your wife could be possible i'm not going to tell you that i'm not going to push it uh i'm not going to go tell your wife that but mm-hmm. I am like still acknowledging yeah. that and that he, you also seeing, Oh, she's listening to the music um, is suggesting that there's like a way that people can overcome that yeah. thing. And then possibly like be able to continue work on something utopian. But um, yeah, I Kino's journey. And I think I would honestly like to some degree agree with is never going to show you like, well, They've reached the end state of their their society, which is they utopia. got it. They got it right. Yeah, yeah, they got it right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's it's like asking a lot of these fundamental questions that are still like mm-hmm. um, absolutely unresolved, and there's a, like a lot of tension even in like um, these like glimpses of uh, like hope. They're they're still like very fraught with uh, ambivalence and tension. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, with that um I'm not going to go too deep into the 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 final the kingdom of executions. Um <laughs> but again, I think there's just like an aspect of um you know, the ir- irrationality and then also like here there's a reversal where it's like instead of an arbitrary sacrifice, there's like the sacrifice that is necessary of like um like electing a representative or like uh giving up like some level of autonomy to have a functional government uh because this like pure democracy doesn't work okay. um and then like the resistance to that uh like leads to this uh it's just disaster um yeah uh but anyway yeah i mean it, it being i think partially a critique of like pure democracy uh the danger in it is mob rule um as well as like uh somewhat of a critique because a lot of it too is like oh this was such a like serious thing that we had that anyone who voted against it like how can we trust their judgment um and so that's why they need to be executed is like if, if people would vote uh, against the majority around like such a significant topic like we need to expunge those people from society but that like that that mindset become like can continue and and uh cause its own problems as well um not in a way that i think the series is being like and so don't expunge fascists from society but i think it's still um questioning to some degree too that like uh to what degree is like maintaining uh dissent within like your your governing system important Mm -hmm. um rather than just like anyone who doesn't agree is out 
uh, in this way of in a very bloody way. <laughs> yeah. But, um. But yeah, I think we can move on to episode six and seven. Definitely. These these ones are real interesting. <laughs> I I got I got a whole list of stuff I want to say about these. Okay. This is this these are I'll I'll run through it. These are the ones mm-hmm. where like there's some interesting stuff going on in here in terms of like there's like character work happening. Uh yeah. in terms of the like uh the like political philosophy uh philosophy of ethics aspect of the show, it it becomes somewhat light on it in lieu yeah. of like finally having like a somewhat a of a action. continuous like action and plot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, we, we I, get I think the... <laughs> I think it's I think it's here, but uh, well, yeah, it still yeah. comes in at the end. But like, man, if there wasn't all the action and plot here, uh, they could churn through like six of these in the same amount of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll get into it. But yeah, this is the most like in depth into any mm-hmm. land that we get. Not just in that it's uh, it, is, it is given two whole episodes. Yeah, it's given two whole episodes, and also like we get defined characters in a way we rarely yeah, yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in a way of like, Ina loves to write in with uh, questions like who kisses and tucks the homies and this is the first episode that has people other than yeah, Kino and Hermes that I homies. feel like you could actually include on something like that because I have an understanding of their personality in a way mm. that I just don't with Lonely Man Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, lonely Man Guy would yeah. never tuck the homies in or kiss them goodnight. Uh, he's too scared. He'd be too afraid. Yeah. yeah. He'd be too afraid. He's, he's too scared to. Homies. He doesn't want to. He's too he scared wanna, to realize that his homie doesn't want to be kissed and tucked. He doesn't want to hear oh about God. a homie's foot fetish. <laughs> uh, anyway, episode six and seven, uh, Coliseum parts one and two. Both of these have the the subtitle as well of Avengers. Um, so Kino stops off in a country reputed to be wonderful, but instead finds that all visitors must participate in battle tournaments in a coliseum to become a first class citizen, um, in the surface city or else be subjected to slavery as a second class citizen in the sewage city below, uh, due to a law laid down by the country's new hedonistic king. Uh, the eventual winner then has a right to make a new law in the country. This is a, a weird... If I was a hedonistic king, I would leave out this part. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> um, although I mean, you initially... gotta incentivize people to, to fight in the... That's yeah. true. In the glad- it's not enough to just like force them into slavery in the sewage yeah. city. It's funny how many of the people carrot. that we meet in this uh, don't, don't want to really be a citizen. A they want to make a law. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even then, like a lot of them don't especially care about the law specifically. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah I want to be just like I want to win a tournament to be. I'm like, just an anime Taco guy. Bell day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I I love to fight. I I want to. I wish for more fights. Yeah, I'm an anime <laughs> tournament guy. <laughs> That's me. <my, laughs> That's my role. Want, That's my desire. Want, my my new law is do it again. I, I yeah, want to I want to do it again. Yeah. My new law is I get to fight again next time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, even though Hermes points out that Kino could have just killed the guards and left, um, Kino didn't think of that and was just like, well, <laughs> they said that you can yield, and if you yield, then you're just kicked out of the country. So my first fight, I'm just going to yield in the first duel. I'm going to surrender. Um, but during the first fight, there, we get some story around here that's suggesting why why Kino might have this uh, 
change of heart or that you know change their mind about this um realizing that other people are here against their will and and might not want to to die in these uh wasn't aware of what they were getting into in the same way that they were not aware but anyway uh first round their opponent yields instead and kino's like i'm gonna stick around uh, i'm enjoying this tournament stuff i'm gonna keep releasing people to not be dead um Throughout this, Kino meets a number of people who we'll get into, but the the big one here uh, who gets an actual for real name is Shizu, uh, another contestant who is like a cool sword Kino, kind of, like older. Uh, This is a little bit more Twink vibes than than, uh, old Kino was. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, This is is definitely like, you you would describe this guy as a Twink. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Shizu, uh, tells them that the current king murdered his father seven years ago, uh, to take the throne and banish his children. Um, then in the next two rounds, Kino faces an assassin and, uh, the Wikipedia said Colonel, it's kind of like a, a Russian guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, the, the vibes you get with got like, the hat, got the, got the vibe. Yeah. yeah. It's got like a flamethrower, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just just real Soviet uh, depiction vibe here, mm-hmm. um, but forces both to surrender. Um, and he's like, and, "Oh, I just loved fighting." Yeah, um, and then before the semifinal rounds approach, the following day, uh, there are only four challengers left: um, Kino, Shizu, then a withdrawn woman who I don't know if it actually gets named in the anime, but the Wik- Wikipedia said is named Miss Rose. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a, a gunfighter uh, apparently goes by six shooter. Um, that's the, the end of episode six. I don't remember I either of them being named. No. Just yeah. Those, those come from yeah. the... Actually, never mind. They don't come from the novels. I don't know where these names came from. But they were on Wikipedia. I, I was there's, like, okay. there's a girl. There's a girl that talks about flowers and a guy with a gun. So there you yeah. have it. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Also, at some point, we learn that uh, Shizu is also making everyone surrender rather than kill them. Um. <clears throat> but so, beginning of episode seven, uh, the king treats the semifinalists to a play. Uh, that's like about the the king overthrowing and everything. Uh, reveals that uh, he killed his father and then his wife, you know, banishes kids, um, does the whole mad king thing, uh, asks uh, the the flower lady and Kino to marry him. Uh, both are like, no, thanks, dude. Um, Kino's like, then, no, I'm not. A, I'm not a girl. I'm just Kino. Yeah. Uh, this is where we get like some people are saying like young boy to Kino. Uh, some are saying miss Missy uh, yeah. throughout all of it. This, Kino's like, I'm this, Kino. this, this is the country of misgendering. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, they all, they all leave the play unamused, have their little comments about it. Mm-hmm. Um, during the semifinal round, uh, Kino and Shizu uh, respectively triumph against the flower lady and six shooter. Um and then, uh, meanwhile, uh, Hermes discovers that Shizu's uh, Samoyed dog named Riku can speak. Uh, this will become a funny joke at the end. He's a charming um, little guy. Yeah. What a charming little dog. Uh, and then in the final round, uh, Kino faces off against Shizu, who has this like 
katana basically um and does eventually disarm him knocks the sword out of his hand uh with the the butt of their uh one of their guns i forget if it's the persuader it's it's the big one yeah um and then uh although shizu refuses surrender uh kino's basically like i'm gonna shoot you but is in fact aiming at the the king uh shizu tries to to stop this from happening um but kino succeeds at aiming it's basically like a fireball that shoots out uh, it's like a, it's uh, yeah, like the Yu Yu there, there's a spirit gun. there's a scene where like kino is like cleaning their guns and like doing something weird to one of their guns and it, it's given more yeah. detail in like the novel but like kino makes their gun really good for a minute yeah um and so it, it crashes through the glass into the private suite where the king sits uh and kills the king um and then as winner kino's like okay new law i'm gonna do a fairly involved law uh any <laughs> this first is like three laws <laughs> yeah <laughs> any first class citizen who wants to revoke citizenship and can leave uh may do so i'm gonna explain why you might want to which is that everyone who remains has to fight each other to the death and the last person standing in your little death tournaments becomes king um also As- if you mess with the <laughs> Yeah. Also, if you mess with the second class citizens, um, you're also like killed, executed. Yeah. yeah, you're executed. Um, and it's just the law, so everyone has to do it, and chaos ensues. Um, and then on the road, Kino encounters Shizu, uh, who reveals that he is the exiled prince from the country. Who could have foreseen this? Uh, <laughs> heavily hinted at multiple times yeah, throughout the episode. Yeah um and had returned to kill the king um and then it's like do you want to travel with me and kino's like eh, no thanks people told yeah, me not like, to talk to like, strange you know, you men wanna, it, it's kind of a book into the first episode where he's like hey kino want to go on a date and kino's like no i don't want to go anywhere with like a strange guy yeah <laughs> um and then uh as they're they're leaving Hermes is like Hey, did you know that that dog can speak? And Kino's like, no, dog speaking. No, <laughs> who ever heard of a fucking talking dog? <laughs> Motorage. Shut up, up <laughs> <laughs> You're just pulling my leg. Shut the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> Kino's kind of smiling a bit, like hey, there's a little bit of a joker in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So that that's it. Okay. That's the end of the this run of episodes. Mm-hmm. This, these episodes are the most changed from the from the novel. They, yeah, <laughs> they, they both added a lot of stuff and humanized Kino way more. Like the the like, uh, like camaraderie that gets built with like the guard that's like a second class citizen that like takes him to like see his family and stuff. Like that's just not there. Like Kino, the the entire meeting with the king, with like the play and like the the backstory and like him just like crying on the floor. He's like, "Oh, my heart is full of violence. I love to do violence." That's not there. That that's nothing. Uh, it, Kino gets three competitors who don't like get any interactions outside of the fights. Beats them non lethally. Gets a gets a scene of like prepping to kill the king, and kills the king. And then makes a rule that everybody has to fight, and the last one standing is king, and then leaves. Yeah, it's Very like it's so much more like 
it it I, I, this one's so much like they put a lot of effort into making characters and people that like survive and to like live another day whereas you can tell like in the book that like these are these are the same as like the other characters that Kino has met these these people will not show up again except for like Shizu and Riku who are just like other travelers that are given like weight and importance but like Six Shooter and Miss Rose are not characters in the same way they're like treated in this they're not like given like actual conversations or personalities and like motivations yeah Yeah. they they talk during the fights and like kino asks them about themselves ever like so slightly and stuff but like it does not actually like matter it does not have like the same like weight or meaning that the show tries to give it uh kino kino just like goes to the library and learns about like oh there was an exiled prince and like figures that out on their own yeah, it, it, it's it's weird the way that like I don't know. It feels so. It's just a very different vibe. Do you like this one better? I think I like the book better. I really, I, I don't know. Yeah. See, I I really I, I I really dislike the scene with the king. I thought that was so pathetic and just like made the entire made like both of the episodes worse. The uh, the like marry me scene. Yeah. 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 Um, just just like just like the extended like play that like it's really like simplistic and nothing and then the king's just like oh i i i just love i love hurting people i love watching people hurt each other and i can't stop and i don't want to stop and he was like well okay whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone um, just kind of uh, shrugs and leaves i i, I still don't want to live here so see you later yeah mm. yeah um, the the play is weird because like i I was watching it being like, and maybe this is different if you are watching this on TV and it's a week later and you're like, oh, what was last episode about? Yeah. Um, but like, I had just watched the episode before and I was like, I I already knew all of this. You haven't yeah. like revealed. This, like, is, this is not yeah. much of anything. It's just but, slow and kind of meaningless. <laughs> but like, with that said, though, I feel like this is exactly the type of like shitty play that this king that this person would like oh absolutely commission like yes. oversee the writing of and then be like this is great i'm going to like force feed it to everyone uh yeah. but it's just like a thinly veiled like simplistic uh and like self-promoting account of like you know his life or whatever mm-hmm. um i don't know it it worked for me in that like, oh, yeah, this is just, like, this tyrant guy um, who just, like, came up with this play that is going to be, like, the, you know, the state play or whatever for his yeah. uh, cult of personality. Uh-huh. Um, um, it plays as me, a, a joke for me, but also as a, like, there's a certain amount to which it feels like it is filling a little bit of time in yeah. we decided to do a tournament arc and we can't fit it into one episode and we have to make it two. The um, the thing that's interesting is that they did actually just cut one of the fights that that uh, Kino gets in. There's like another guy in, in the novel that Kino fights before anyone else. Oh, is that the first one that they like really skip past? Yeah, yeah, where it just like cuts away. There's like a dude with like a ball and chain or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Um, um, for me, uh, I don't know if I'm just going to be completely alone in this. Um, 
but these two episodes uh gave me such strong like samurai jack vibes um, oh yeah um, yeah okay absolutely yeah and as a former uh samurai jack kid um <laughs> that was like definitely my favorite cartoon um, samurai jack was like a little bit before my time but i did watch like a little bit of it um it it it's good. You should you should watch it now. No, I I I, I watched like a bit of it, and then I watched the the like Adult Swim thing, the which I didn't like one, very yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I I I saw like I got like a a list of hot hot cool cool episodes that were that were pretty cool, and I, I've been meaning to watch more. But it seems cool. Um, I I think yeah. I mean, I don't know what uh, if you didn't like if you don't have a childhood attachment to it, I don't know how how it is but um re- regardless like i do so <laughs> yeah no no, no. It, it's this cool is like, a guy tears robots in half with the sword it's cool yeah, yeah. Th- that's even the animation style um mm-hmm. of like kino's journey yeah yeah, uh, yeah overall um but then like the narrative arc here it was so samurai jack to me that i was like oh i fucking love this it's just like uh it just like scratched that spot for me um, where I was like, I'm already into this show being this like weird philosophical uh, like road or uh, like road show. Um, and now it's like transformed into Samurai Jack for two episodes. Um, <laughs> like I'm, I'm all in. Uh, um, but uh, I- yeah, I enjoyed it. I this is this is these are far from like my favorite episode. Like there's a part of me where um I think I would like this episode a little bit more if they managed to condense it down into one. Um mm-hmm. there's a certain part where I'm like this is the one that they spent two episodes on. Um yeah. but I I think some of that also comes down to this is a thing that I think I've like butt up against with a lot of stuff. The the one exception for this is like good action movies especially kung fu movies and i think it's that i just fundamentally like seeing the human like the actual human athleticism of people doing sick stuff on screen Mm -hmm. uh that will sometimes get like framed as fights but generally like as a person i just am never really that invested in fight stuff it's why so much of like shown in battle uh, battle stuff does nothing for me mm-hmm. um i mean i can sometimes get into the the fight is going to have some sort of other like relationship between characters in it and that part i might still really hook on to i i can still enjoy that yeah, um, yeah but yeah. i'm never going to be a person who's like it was really cool when like that character did that punch um i just like don't care about it in the this has been the thing with me reading through berserk that i feel like has like made multiple people annoyed with me which is that i think it's kind of mid because like there'll be interesting character work happening and then there's just going to be like three chapters of guts like fighting some demon and i don't care about any of it lem has been like attacking my my recording studio for this last hour sorry about lem is like i know you're gonna talk about berserk i know you're gonna insult my favorite manga (laughs) (laughs) um but like like i just feel like berserk could be so much shorter and cut out a bunch of the fights and i would like it more um this is especially true in with manga i really don't like fights in manga uh they're like such a nothing to me but um i think that's part of what makes me like eh, there's interesting stuff in this but man two episodes for this you're gonna Uh, hate my nana fanfic then (laughs) yeah i I definitely will (laughs) You know what's great about Nana? 
Uh, it's just all character work and people having emotions at each other, and nobody ever gets into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, why I had to. I had to correct that. Yeah, yeah. There's the uh, the, the Nana tournament arc's been long time coming. Yeah, what if what if finally Yazawa Ai comes back from her long hiatus and does the Nana tournament arc? Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna capitalize. Like Nana's popular now. I'm just gonna capitalize yeah. on that, and I'm just gonna go full it. on like yeah. Anime I've been like lot, I've been reading a lot. I've been reading a lot of shonen in my time off. This Jujutsu Juju, Juju Kaisen shit. This like Hunter X Hunter shit. I I'm loving it. Absolutely. We're going yeah. straight to the anime adaptation. We're going to... Yeah. It's like, this oh, Nana, be like, Nana's uncovered a secret power. Yeah. <laughs> by, by, ga- yeah. by gathering your chi. Uh, yeah. I- aliens invade. And, yeah. No, yeah. there has been so much emotional buildup that it still would be sick to see Nana punch, like, Takumi. <laughs> I would still love that, but I don't know if it needs to be multiple chapters. And then Takumi's, like... Skeleton explodes out, like or whatever. Like, oh, oh, that's uh, the skeleton removing fists. The ancient yeah, this art. is yeah, this is my special technique that I've yeah, I, I trained yeah. in this while I was yeah. in the woods for years. I I trained in space <laughs> inside of a black hole, and I unlocked this technique. Uh, was, what? Uh, what? It was what me- all of humanity. What if Takumi just gets slapped once and then is tormented for the rest of his life about how Nana stole his wife away from him? <laughs> uh, how many chapters of battle? How many chapters of fight can we get out of that? Yeah, like uh, how many? Like how many chapters is like the slap? Oh, the slap's only like one page. Oh, the, uh, yeah. the power up for the slap is going to be at least. Yeah, it's, it's got to be, be some like, like four chapters. Shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I think I'm Nana should done. shoot a beam. <laughs> yeah, and now so, it would be great if Nana shot a beam. Although I would like it more if Hachi shot a beam. Yeah, Hachi, Hachi seems more beam-like from your posts. Yeah, um, yeah. In our, uh, I was gonna wait. Nana's definitely part- a brawler, whereas uh, yeah. Hachi does more spacing. Has like beam attacks yeah. to try and push people around the, the battle. Long range uh, Hachi's got some, Yeah, Hachi's got some zoning. Hachi's yeah. got some like really killer fucking lows. Yeah. Um, Whereas Nana's just playing footsie. Yeah. Uh, getting yeah. in there, doing combos. Uh, yeah. I was going to surprise you. Fucking phase. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, just so you know, uh, like now that now that we've it's been revealed, um, our our. Uh, um, New Year's episode. Yeah. Um I instead of just like reading all of Nana, I was gonna I've I'm like almost done with my fanfic and I was just gonna recite it to you. <laughs> uh at, on the on the episode. And that's great. Gonna, That'll that be, be great. the whole episode. Okay, cool. All right, yeah. I'm glad so you're awesome. No it. notes. Um, um perfect. Do do we want to talk about the episodes, or are we just done here? Um, I have two things. Uh, okay, which I feel like I've I've said a lot of what I have to say uh, yeah. about this arc that it applies here too. Um, uh, you know, here we get like, um, in episode five, it's like, oh, you know, this like terror of like majoritarian, pure majoritarian democracy. Um, and then here it's like, oh, this terror of, 
autocracy and then also this kind of like mm-hmm. um pseudo fascist regime um yeah. of like r- rule of the strongest um and this is where like um Cam, your point is well made about the the scene where the king is like, uh, help me. Um, but there is like, it reminded me of, um, I, I can't remember if it's Plato or Aristotle where like, there's a discussion of like, uh, like total autocracy. And the, mm. and the point is made yeah. basically like, uh, without limits, like no human can remain ethical like it's impossible yeah no absolutely um, but I, like to be like ethical without limits uh you either have to be like a god or like an animal like either like uh like higher than human or like lower than human um and this scene is like uh almost like right out of that <laughs> um where he's mm-hmm. just like yeah yeah, like, I can't control my, like, I have no limits on myself. I have no restraints. Like, I can't control myself. Um, I I can just shoot someone in the middle of the sermon arc, and nobody can fucking stop me. I'm the king. Yeah, yeah. like, wh- like absent any, like, external, uh, like, limitation, or, like, structural limitation, um, the ability of humans to just, like, have, uh, like, an internal, an absolute internal mm-hmm. limitation is, like, not it's not like sufficient. Um, and like, we get that here. And I think it just ties into like, uh, all the things we've talked about before, like apply where it's like, okay, now the show is looking at like this autocracy, Uh um, and how, you know, uh, Uh, how that's like flawed or whatever. Um, I think, I think to me, this feels like a very weird one because, it's like deeply rotating around Kino in a way none of the others has been. Like Kino has just very much been an observer for the rest of like the countries that they have been into. This is like every character will walk up to Kino and say their feelings and thoughts and ideas about the country to Kino. And then Kino just keeps going in like a way that is like, it feels less like an actual place as much as it is, Kino is walking down a hallway and people are just lining up to talk to Kino about things in a different way that like this this doesn't feel like a place like people actually like live in like it shows it shows like the actual like second class like homes and house and like the way that like the people that are not actually like involved in these fights are living but it there's something about it that just feels so much less like real or like extant than any of the other like places like no matter how like ruined or fucked up like have been presented so far this this uh both like the both the show and the light novel this like feels like a very like shallow sort of chapter that is just mm-hmm. like it exists for the sake of Kino getting to do some cool gunplay and introducing Shizu who is a guy that will be important later or continue to show up as just like a cool guy that Kino might run into in their travels. And yeah. everything else is like very secondary to that. Um Yeah, it is interesting too, because I feel like in other ones you would get like more about 
Like, what's the actual culture of the people living yeah. under the city? And instead, you get like almost the the like uh, '90s give money to this charity images of Africa, where it's just like, oh, look at these people in trouble, and that's mm. it. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. a very like extremely shallow and like positioning it basically as just like people who are oppressed and and not in any other way that's like. It's not even in the way that other episodes have getting into More how detail. does that oppression color like how they live and, you know, the the things that they do to survive or the like uh, traditions that they still have in spite of it or any of yeah, that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Or like um, what was this place like before and how like yeah. does it is it just like completely the- like nothing remains like culturally of like how it was before other than just the, like an old man yeah. being like, Oh, eight years ago. <laughs> the, the closest thing to like an actual like sense of like space and like culture outside of like the big Coliseum they've like all the fights are taking place in is like uh, the, the Rose lady talking about like, Oh, my mother really wanted to see this yeah. kind of flower before she died. But our but town even, was even like, there. Like she's not from there. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. That's the thing. And it's like, <laughs> Why is she not from here? It would be so easy to make this like a vengeance thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to make like the king and all of these other citizens that like let my home be like poor and let let my mom die and like let her like let her not have these flowers or something like make them like actually respect her. And like it just chooses to like make this like very fragmented thing where a lot of these people just come purely because they want to fight like like two or three different guys just line up and are just like shrug i don't really have any motivation for being here kino i've I been fighting my whole life yeah. i just kino <laughs> I, I i came here to misgender you and get into fights and i'm all out of fights <laughs> um, um yeah the it's also like i was watching through this time being like did i forget that like the the flower lady is like mm-hmm. Shizu's sister, and so like Shizu wants to like kill the king. She wants to just win this tournament and like commemorate her like the the you know king's wife, their yeah. mom that yeah, died. Yeah. Is that what they're? And I was like, no, no, it's not that. It's a different like the land. It specifically said that where she comes from, they don't have this flower. But this land does have the flower, and that's why she's like coming here to mm-hmm. try and make this law. Yeah, um, like I'm, I'm going to go to this other country and like kill like a bunch of people to yeah. make them commemorate like my mom dying. Something they from, don't know like, shit about. I, yeah, I from like, think like from she, irreversible yeah. like causes. <laughs> I, I do think that she gets like one of the like very few character moments that actually like works for me where like she's like so like intent for like Kino to just like kill her and die and then like the king is like so desperate for her to die and the audience is so desperate for her to die and like Kino's like you sure like this like you want this like you want what they want and she's like uh no I'm good actually I'll 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 I'll, I'll hold off yeah like that like that being like the thing that makes her like step back like just like spite is like that's that's a characterizing moment that is like understated and just like passes by pretty quickly and it doesn't end up mattering very much but I don't know it was it was like a standout moment in what I thought were like two really mid episodes of a pretty good a, a really good show even yeah I think the the one thing that's kind of interesting here but I don't I feel like they're not fully threading the needle in the way that I want 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the one part that I can see that's more tying into some of the other stuff in the show is this certain testing of like, um, you know, Kino's like code of ethics about not interfering. And yeah. in some ways, like finding yeah, the loophole yeah, yeah. of I can take part, like I will take part in your customs because you're like forcing me into it. And because you forced me into taking part of your customs, I will then like, yeah, I, do I my will best bring to turn everything it back on down. You. Yes. Yeah. But Kino doesn't but, have to kill the king. They do it because yeah. of like, yeah, the carriage yeah. people. Uh-huh. Yes. And yeah. Like revenge that, or whatever. Yeah. That's the, the one um, I mean, it becomes part of the the plan to to turn the rule against, like the current state of things around against the ruling mm-hmm. class, um, because now it becomes to to make the to decide the new king. But um, yeah, I think like you know the fact that we get Kino killing the king in some ways almost like. It cheapens the interesting read that I I could have of oh they are specifically because they're being forced into doing the customs they are now going to take part of it uh, take part in it but in a way where they can like while still following all the rules basically turn it around um, and like technically they're doing it with but it's even so set up of like the slight trickery that they're doing of like oh I'm just trying to sh- shoot Shizu oops I killed the king you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, like there's a few interesting things here, but I just feel like none of it lands in the right way for me. Uh-huh. Well, I think I yeah. think that's valid. Um, I mean, I think it it's, I think it is connected to like Kino Prime, um, <laughs> like yeah, sacrificing his life um, uh-huh. in this way to like protect uh, Kino uh, because he's like formed this emotional connection. And then that has like overridden like this emotional human connection that has overridden this like uh ch- like chosen detachment um or like this code of detachment um and I mean th- this happens again where like Kino is like angry like our Kino is angry um about like this couple the story of this couple that they met that they like encountered um, and that we like learn uh, were, you know, like the husband was killed in the tournament or whatever. Um, And then also Kino is like, you know, angry about the injustice, Uh, even though it's not said uh, like specifically, I think it's established with like that, that sequence where they go to the undercity um, and so you have this like dual motivation, uh, but both in both cases, it is this like emotional, um, decision, um, that it, like first for like, you know, revenge or whatever, or like, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's revenge. Um, and then second for like, uh, protecting the, um, the, uh, the people in the tournament, like there's that, oh, why don't you just like kill everyone and leave? Um, but Kino instead like participates so they can um, eliminate people by accepting their surrender and like save them. Um, but then also save like the whole second class, ci- body of the second class citizens from this like 
injustice. Um, yeah. So I, I think I it's think especially with way. the the final conversation with uh, Shizu, there's there. I think there's supposed to be a suggestion that like uh, Kino's motivations aren't revenge. It is like again this need to protect, and it is to protect like the second class citizens um, from the system. But uh, it, it's yeah, it is still just. Like, I understand how it's trying to complicate some of the stuff that um, has been set up, and I I just wish some of it, like, stuck the landing better, I guess. And yeah, also, that's fair. They did it in um, an episode instead of two. It would be great <laughs> to me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, and I think the revenge thing is, like, hinted at. I, I don't know if that's, like, resolved for me with the final conversation. Yeah. Um, but, say, yeah, same difference in a way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I guess the last thing for me is like, uh, Kino's like combat ability, um, which we've obviously seen now amply. Um, but the fact that like Kino's survival, um, throughout the series is contingent on their ability to fight. Um, like this society is kind of a mirror of that. Um, because this is the structure of the society is like, um, like the right of the strongest. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's like obviously positioned as a target for critique because it's like, oh, this is horrible and brutal. And there's like this tyrannical king. And then Kino obviously like rejects this law as well. Um, but, uh, in a subtle way, like, uh, I think we're forced to acknowledge that Kino's own ability to survive, like not only here, but also like throughout the series so far um, is like, has been contingent in part on their strength. Um, mm-hmm. So there is this like complicated ambivalent um, uh, thing happening here as well, where it's like, okay, um, yeah, this society is like horrible and it's positioned as like a, the object of derision. Um, but also like Kino's position in relation to this is, uh, a little bit fraught, um, because this is also part of how Kino lives as well. Um, yeah. this violence. Uh, they win because they are good at it. Yeah. And also their final rule is still just do a bunch of violence again. It's just specifically <laughs> everyone who's benefiting from the system. Now you do it. Yeah, they just yeah. kind of like shrugged. Yeah. Uh, uh I do think uh one in, one like minor interesting note is that like the books care like a lot about Kino's guns. Like I I I mentioned that like they like have more sequences of like the cleaning and like the ritual of like practicing with like the quick draw and everything, but also like they are like very lovingly described very often, like maybe like once or twice per chapter as like, it feels like if I was like a person that like knew things about guns, I would be able to like, Oh, I can identify the types of guns. These are from like the way, like the weight and length and like the like Mm. way they're described in like a way that the show doesn't especially care about. Like, Kino is the object of violence here. The guns are useful, but Kino Kino is a being with a lot of power for violence, and there's a lot less consideration of the guns. Yeah. Um. 
Do we have any final thoughts, or are we, are we done here? I think um, I think we're done. Yeah, I've said I've said my said things. Yeah. Um, well, join us next time for episodes eight through thirteen, as well as the episode zero OVA. Um, I might try to also watch like the movie that came. There's like two movies, I think. They're short. They're like a half hour. Oh, you're not um, you're not going to play the Kino's Journey, the Beautiful World visual novel. Uh, maybe for the question bucket. Maybe. I see. I see. I see. Um, it's only you, you can try and talk me into it. I might. Okay. I, might I have it downloaded. I haven't played it, but I've been meaning to. Yeah. Um. If you have questions for that question bucket, you can write them in to ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. Um, you still, I think, I, I don't know this for sure because the large delay between when we're recording this and when it's releasing, but I think that you have like a week left to send in emails for our New Year special. So, um, again, we'll be doing the Nana Manga. A thing that uh, I'm sure everyone's dying to hear my thoughts on and has lots of questions about what I think of it because I never talk about it anywhere else. Um, please support the network. Go to exportodd.io and you'll find the Patreon there. If you do uh, $1, you'll get early access to a bunch of podcasts, including Pondering Puton, uh, which is the comedy podcast that Connor and I do uh, where we read through Comedy High School and then goof off for a half hour. Um there are a bunch of other great stuff that you get, uh, including um, Ornate Stairwells. Uh, that's also a week early for patrons. Um, that is the movie podcast that I do with my friend Autumn. Uh, and at, at the time that you're listening to this, it is a Twin Peaks podcast. But we the first half of that is still going to be us talking about a bunch <laughs> of movies. So that's never going away. Um and then uh, I guess I'll also just plug real quick that if you do $5, you get um, – why am I drawing – it's late and I'm drawing a blank on the name. Pop Town uh, Funk. Pop Town Funk, yes, which you have been on, Kim. I still have not I been have. on. But, well, maybe by the time this episode's <laughs> out, I have been. But you were on the My Little Pony episode, which oh. seems like a not fun episode to be on. But I, I was on a really bad episode where – Nora made me watch a bad episode of My Little Pony and talk about it. <laughs> it was um, it wasn't enjoyable. That's maybe my uh, okay. It was it was enjoyable to like hang out and talk to Autumn and Nora because they're both lovely. But it was not yeah. an enjoyable thing. Maybe the least enjoyable thing I've watched for a podcast. <laughs> no, wait, no. I did watch like three episodes of the Critical Role show. Second, yeah, I was gonna, least I was enjoyable. <laughs> Was it worse than the critical role? <laughs> it was bad, but it was one episode as opposed to like That's three. True. Yeah. Um anyway. I have one other podcast called Around the Long Fire where we're reading uh like Icelandic sagas primarily. We'll probably do some like Adas at some point. Um we're starting with Lilsunga Saga, which was written in Iceland, but like predate. It's whatever. Go listen to it um it's on abnormal mapping so go to abnormalmapping.com and hopefully there's a link there that you can find um you can follow this podcast at ghost divers pod on twitter or just at ghost divers on co-host you can follow me at fox mom at nia on both of those sites uh you can also follow me on twitter at media underscore pile i sometimes tweet pictures of stairs in movies on there is the primary use of it uh where can people find you connor 
Y'all can follow me at Rabelais, R-A-B-B-L-E-A-I-S, uh, on Twitter and co-host. Uh, and Kim, anything you want to promo? Uh, everyone should read uh, Unjust Steps at unjuststeps.com. It's, uh, you know, a sci-fi web novel about underwater mechs with a little bit of horror, a little bit of, little bit of jokes, a little bit of girls being normal, having fun very normal oh it's a full of normal women <laughs> um i was unsure if you were gonna do this again <clears throat> or we're gonna like tell people to read boogie pop or something oh but... you know what people should also read boogie pop buy all six translated light novels and also read the two fan translated light novels on like uh-huh. enemies of the world.com or something it's you can just google like boogie pop fan translation it pops up um i have the first like uh, published English Boogie Pop and Others book um, mm. that I got because you said I was doing suggestions for books to read and you said yes. that I should read that. So yes. I do have to read it by the end of this year, which you bet, means you that... Please. Yeah. Please so question bucket, I might have read... I will hopefully have read Boogie Pop and Others. Um, that's that's all I ask. It's a pretty, yeah. it's a pretty damn good book. It, it, it deeply affected me. Uh, yeah, I I've noticed that you like Boogie Pop. <laughs> really? Why? Yeah. How 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 do you how do you get that sort of vibe? Um, I, I honestly, feel like I've held it pretty close to the chest. Honestly, you you retweet uh Boogie Pop art way less now uh than like a while ago, but uh, I, I, feel I like kind I still of retweeted it all. Some. Like I, yeah. I found it all because it's it's not a immensely popular series, but once in a while, I, I beg, I beg an artist friend of mine, and they will post a boogie pop, and then I will retweet it. Yeah. Um. But I think that's it. Bye. Bye bye. Bye everyone.
Do you want to do one final time about his clap just to be safe? Yeah. yeah. This is a long recording. Yeah. yeah nothing. Four wrong fucking with hours. That. Jesus. Yeah. I was not expecting us to go this long on Kino, but neither was I. It's, um, it's just Kino. I'm I'm glad that it was a good conversation. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll do uh, uh, six. Okay. Oh, that was perfect again. Just like one, two, three. Hell yeah! I love it. Yeah. All right. I have. We're just so good at this. Okay. I'll yeah, I'm gonna hit stop. Recording. We can just keep recording if you want, Kim. Yeah, That's, no biggie. Um, I usually just cut these together at the same time. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna take a body break real quick. Does that work for you? Okay. Yes. It's no biggie. All right, I'll be right back. Um. Since we were just watching Blue Velvet, Autumn's still just like chilling in my apartment mm-hmm. <laughs> while we record. Well, um, tell him I said hi. Yeah, I will. Oh yeah. It's like, it's always uh, a, huh? go go go. I was gonna say there's a decent chance that uh, they are taking a nap right now. <laughs> they are classic. Yeah. Um. Anyway, you were saying something. Oh, uh, it's completely slipped my brain. I don't know. I've forgotten. I pulled up Twitter and just scrolled to uh, a newspaper ad that says "Why is more than a word. Just W-A-H. Oh, yeah, the Waluigi joke thing. Yeah. I think I saw that earlier, but... I didn't look too closely at it. I, I don't have any uh, a special interest in Waluigi's uh, doings. Yeah. His deeds. Waluigi's fine. I would mm, Waluigi's mid. <laughs> I think when I say fine, I mean basically the same. I, I'm saying Midwestern fine, which means mid. Mm-hmm. It's fine. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's like the 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 British quite. Is that uh, the one where I don't know. I've never I've never heard a single British person talk ever. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um Is that the one where like in in cuz in in uh American English quite is like that's it's very like yeah, that's like quite qual- good it's like a qualifier yeah but i feel like in british english it's like uh yeah i'm, I'm looking this up because I... <laughs> it's one of the like british things that always throws me uh-huh yeah, so in, in British usage, if someone says, I think you have some quite good bands, they mean uh, some fair to middling performers. I'm back, by the way. Damn. I've learned a new way of calling things mid. I, I probably won't ever use it, because mid's yeah. very... It's it's short, it's sweet, rolls off the tongue. Yeah. 
But you could you if you're talking to a Brit, you could say quite. <laughs> or if you're talking to a Midwesterner, you could say nice. Mm. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll I'll keep this Wait, in mind. Nice. For like but, yeah. But you have nice to be like good. Yeah, but it has to be like someone asked you how something was and you just go, It was nice. Okay. All right. Like you no, it's not a qualifier, you just say it was nice. No, yeah, I get you. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like the yeah. equivalent of mid. Yes. I think it I think it has uh its roots in the like if you have nothing nice to say then say nothing at all. And so you just say ah. nice, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh and just leave it at that. <laughs> Interesting. I I, so you- I uh, unfortunately I don't know the the word origins of mid aside from that one tweet about smoking mids, but I <laughs> zoomers say it. <laughs> it's my language. So Neve, you're the native Midwesterner, um, so yeah. I, I trust you. But I've lived in the Midwest for a number of years now, and the nice thing doesn't make any sense to me. I've never encountered that. Oh, a beastly thing. Yeah. Also, I oh, yeah. yeah, I left a gift for you in the in the chat. Wait, is this another kind that's not on the mug? It might not have been pictured um, in the. Yeah, it wasn't pictured in the. The shots I took last time. Asterchid kind. So wait, there are three. Just just look at there this. There are thing three for a dinosaur kinds. Just like just just look at this thing for a second. Yeah. This thing owns. <laughs> this <laughs> this thing can't, this how kid's fucking ass. <laughs> why would this how like why would this ever exist? Um, just like biologically, I mean, I feel it, like God created it to kill it. Have you, have you ever, <laughs> like the the Quetzalcoatlus is like was like a real dinosaur. I don't know how it didn't look like. This is like when people just found out dinosaur bones could be like put together, and they were just insane about it for like a couple hundred years before people started like yeah. actually figuring it out. Yeah, this is like oh, we found we found like the bones of twenty different dinosaurs and just. We just start taping um, them together. Like, taped them together, and this is our rendering of what of what it <laughs> no, would look like, like when it was alive. <laughs> this thing is ridiculous. Like this, the, oh, dino- the, the dinosaur. <laughs> this is the picture of the the scientific dinosaur that I just sent. Okay, yeah. this is great. So it has it has human legs. <laughs> its neck is twice as long as the rest of its body. It has a human and neck. It has, it, yeah, a human neck that's twice as long as the rest of its body. Its head is like I don't even I don't it's even got a, it's it's got a human beak. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's got a human it's beak. It's got a small it's got a human, human eye. In a human horn. <laughs> um, and then it's got winged human arms. The arms are just completely limp. <laughs> are the well, arms so vestigial on relatable. this creature? <laughs> no, so when it when it would land it would put its little hands down. It would like rest on its wings. They, it's got little they, paws. Yeah. Oh, did the wings like expand out? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So to the degree uh, that it can no, fly. this is the, no, this this plays perfectly in with what you've already said. Air was like lighter back then, so like oh. it didn't. Need, it, yeah. it did, its neck didn't need to like support all that weight. It could just kind of hang there. That's right, and that's why the neck was so long. Yeah. Because it just was elongated. There was time. no restrictions. Wow, that thing's yeah. fucking awesome. Oh wow, wait, those things are fucking huge. Yeah. 
They're like the biggest flying <laughs> thing that's ever existed. They're like fucking picking up brontosauruses and what the fuck. It's like the size of a giraffe, basically. Um, I, I've wow. seen one of these. Just wandering around. Oh yeah, this is my. This is actually. I didn't know what it was at the time, but this was in my backyard yesterday. <laughs> That tweet of the guy who was... Po- I don't remember what dinosaur <laughs> no, it was. No. Yeah, no, it was, it was like a prehistoric flyer. And he was like, he's yeah. like, oh, I've fucking seen that thing before. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I thought... Man alive. All this time, I thought that I had a dog. <laughs> but... <laughs> it was I like, actually... It was this guy? It's, it's one of these. <laughs> Instead, you have one of these, uh, like, extras in the background of a Star Wars shot, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> CGI'd into a Star Wars movie years after it comes out, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is, like, on the dog bed downstairs. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, okay, I've vastly underestimated your height, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, like, 60... <laughs> 63 feet tall yeah all right i'm i'm actually still so still yeah still a bit on the short side but you know what can you do i'm short i'm short for yeah in denmark i'm really short Hmm. (laughs) but this is this is a pretty common dog where i'm from actually (laughs) yeah yeah Mm -hmm. makes sense that tracks yeah yeah uh, do you want to get into the discussion episode? Yeah, now that we yeah, have I'm not, some... I'm not, I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> now that we have some badass... You just badass... want to talk about creationism dinosaurs for a little longer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, whatever. Look at this dinosaur. So this is, this is one of seven. This is actually... <laughs> so one of seven... Um, oh yeah, this is another... This is the... Seals are descended from the... From this... <laughs> The arms yeah. just like shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. Yeah, they're just really small with it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, beak actually became like the tail of the seals. The little flip. Yeah, they the just back. they just pushed it in, and it yeah. just like came out the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we we, we have some decides to be silly with it sometimes. This is a terrifying creature that you said. <laughs> it's awesome. Seals are extremely odd. No, the. Well, let's all right. Back it up. No. I mean, not not in a. I'm not in a. I'm not casting aspersions here. I'm just. I saying, think you'll I mean, find that adorable. seals are quite normal. Yeah, I don't. I really <laughs> I, don't know where you're getting fair. your information from. That's fair. I don't know any seals. I'm way out of line. <laughs> I've never thanks. met one. Yeah. Thanks for yeah adjusting your belief system. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh wow. Oh okay. That's. Um, I have like a hundred seal gifts. I could just keep doing this all night. Oh, this is this, this is, is great. great. I if you if you do this while we're recording though, it's going to be bad because no, this I, is just I'll, like, I'll stop. I'm just saying I could. Yeah, um, I have I have ADHD just enough to just have this completely like derail my entire <laughs> train of thought. No, don't worry. That also happens to me every time I see a seal. Okay, good. I'm I'm not alone. Um, I can barely even think right now just watching. <laughs> Do Honestly. I need to like send safe for work Sasuke? <laughs> I might need to scroll up. I just scrolled up. I'm okay now. Okay. 
Uh, Back to the safe, secure uh, dog. You know, dog. <laughs> how, how the fuck do I Astarchin Astarchin kind? Yeah. <laughs> how the fuck do a- I say as, this word? As, Astarchin. <laughs> um, I love I love presumed extinct. Yeah. Here you go. These yeah. are these are for your own protection. Okay. Okay, okay this is great. Thank you. Yeah. I like that it's just the same one, so it's not... No, it's safe for work, Sasuke. Yeah. <sighs> okay, All right. I got it. Now that, I think I've now that Sasuke is here, I think slowly. I'm ready to talk about anime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, me too. <laughs> Gets you in the mood. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um...